It's 8 p.m. Boulevard Watch Time. On Christmas, say Merry Christmas. On New Year, say Happy New Year. Hello, this is Greg, host of Super NES Podcast. Hi there. I'm Brian Colon, and I'm the creator of Rampage, the arcade game, among others. Hey, everybody, this is Doc Mack from the Galloping Ghost Arcade. This is Billy Mitchell, video game player of the century. I'm Andy. And I'm Tim. And we're the Super Podcast Brothers. You're listening to Pie Factory Podcast. And you're listening to the Pie Factory Podcast. You're listening to the Pie Factory Podcast with Sean and Jim. It's time for the Pie Factory Podcast. And you're a brave soul listening to Pie Factory Podcast. And you're listening to Pie Factory. It's time for the greatest classic arcade show, present, future, or past. The perfect replacement for no quarter. Which really should be called the Smith Factory Podcast. But... Who am I telling these guys how to run their podcast? The fact that I misplaced, misplaced, mispronounced anonymity means that this whole thing is for shit, and I, that's why I probably shouldn't do intros. Um, heck, I guess we might as well start. Uh, oh, crap, now i got to think of a way to introduce this stupid thing. Um. <laughs> Hi, my name is Sean Courtney, and welcome to this stupid thing. Hi, my name is Sean Courtney, and welcome to this stupid thing. Yeah, there we go. That works. Uh, There's our intro. Hi, I'm Sean Courtney. Welcome to this stupid thing. I'm coming to you live from Pie Factory Headquarters North, and with me, as always, to... uh, uh, we're not in the same room, so or not even in the same county for that matter. So I have no idea which side he's sitting on. Either my left, my right, my fore, my aft. I don't know. Uh, I have the charming and delightful James G. Where are you coming from tonight? Well, I'm still coming from the irradiated wastelands of Morris, Illinois. True fact, not only was the Dresden Nuclear Power Plant, which is just six short miles away from where I live, the first commercially operating nuclear power plant in the world, but also, they also have the uh, one of the very, very few high-level radio- uh, radioactive waste storage facilities in the country. Yay! So, any ISIS members listening, there's a little handy tip for your next travel plan. Okay, so there we go. We've introduced everybody, so let's... Oh, wait a minute. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. Uh, there is a uh, number three tonight, and uh, let me explain why we have a third uh, co-host Because three tonight. is a magic number? Because three is a magic number, because we need magic here, because we came up with 15 games that Jimmy G and I both rated fives. Five continues, our highest possible rating, and we're like, you know what? That's a pretty high percentage, so... You know, we need to get an odd man out on this. And when you think odd man, um, who better, whom better, let me rephrase that so it's grammatical, of whom better to think than coming from the East Coast, we have the one, the only, well, maybe not the only because there's a madman character with that name, Ferg. Hi. It's the character? There was a madman character in the last season named Ferg. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, I missed that. No, let's be honest. He's probably only he's probably the third weirdest person on this podcast. <laughs> oh, please. That, like we have to say that? No, that's true. That is implied. All right, Ferg is odd in that in terms Okay, he's Marilyn Munster odd. I'll put it to you that way. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, right. She is the 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 quote-unquote normal one. Oh, see, now you're going to make me uh, all I can think of is Pat Priest. I can't think of the other Marilyn. Crap. Uh, you was guys it know? Beverly something or other? No. Yes, it was Beverly. It wasn't? Shoot. Oh. <laughs> somebody <laughs> pointed out. So, I remember reading somewhere. Somebody pointed out 
that out of all of the TV shows in the history of TV, the only families that had the most normal marriages on TV were the Munsters and the Adams family. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't divorced and they were deeply in love with each other. Are you talking sitcoms? Because I'd like to proffer the Osbournes if you're not talking just sitcoms. Like that's a normal family. You'd be surprised, actually. <laughs> I probably would, but don't get me started on Sharon. Sharon! Well, you're a very selfish person, so don't accuse me of getting you started on that. Have you ever heard when Ozzy Osbourne sang the seventh inning stretch at Wrigley yes. Field? Yes, I have. And that you is have, proof- Ferg? No, I have not. Oh, God, look it up on YouTube. The Osbournes recorded a Christmas song that year, and you could tell, you could be deaf, and you could tell that Sharon was auto-tuned to Kingdom Come. It was like, yeah, she's that bad. (laughs) And she knows it. Do I have to say a weird thing I live near since Jimmy G did? You live in Delaware. Yeah, well, chicken chicken houses that stink (laughs) in the summertime. Not too bad, but... Are those actual chicken houses, or is that a euphemism? Uh, I think it's an actual chicken house. Okay. Yeah, Are you well, talking... The chicken ranch is in, uh, is in Nevada, I think, so... Right. Or no, that's the bunny ranch. I remember when me and my wife were on our honeymoon way back in, wow, 97, we went to Washington, D.C., and on the last day, we decided before our flight out of there to, to drive to see how many states we could hit. We went into Delaware... One of the few states that I have to cross off on the my list of states that I visited, I've visited all of the lower 48. Mm. Wow. But um, <laughs> the first thing on the sign coming from Maryland into Delaware, it said, Welcome to Delaware, home of tax-free shopping. And we are like, yep. okay. And we pulled into a Wendy's, and uh, we both ordered 99-cent Frosties, and damned if it didn't come up to $1.98. And like, <laughs> yep. From somebody from Illinois who gets taxed for every little thing, the, the song Taxman by the Beatles was actually a song about Illinois, by the way. I'll have you know that. <laughs> sure it was. Uh, but, um, yeah, Wilson and Heath are famous Illinois legislators. <laughs> oh, ooh, don't even get me started. Ooh, uh, ah. So, but we're not doing political. <laughs> Ever since we said on our podcast, we're not going to talk anything political. That's all we've been talking about. I know. What's what's up with that? And I don't even have any political affiliations you know what? whatsoever. We're not going to talk about video games anymore. <laughs> well, we Let's should be talking about pie for one thing. We're the Pie Factory podcast. That's true. Yeah, it's do we a have good any thing we, pie? we have a baker among us right now. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's true. For what yeah. kind of pies do you like to bake? Uh, I, I made a pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving. That turned out pretty good. Good. I like apple pie. My wife made an a really amazing apple pie about 12 years ago, but she didn't like how it turned out, so she hasn't tried it again. But it was the best <laughs> apple pie I ever had. I wish I could rem- I made I made one of those too, but I can't remember what kind of apples I used. That's very important to remember that <laughs> and not use m- the mushy apples like Macintosh or something like that. Yeah, she used the uh, actual apples herself. I don't know what kind of apples. But yeah. I think they were Granny Smith's. Might be- no, actually, no, they were red. They were red. Oh, okay, okay. So they weren't red Granny delicious, Smith's. delicious, Macintosh. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I like Fuji's my favorite. What's your guys' favorite apple? Don't say. I like Golden Delicious, actually. Those are pretty good. Uh, The name of my my favorite apple. Um, Fiona. I don't know. (laughs) Hmm. You know, we need to resurrect the uh, This Week in Potatoes. (laughs) It's an apple of the earth. That's true. That's true. 
or maybe the uh, U.S. Geologic Survey quad by uh, topo map quad by quad podcast. You get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to. I'm still only like two thirds of the way through Kentucky, so we got a ways to go. Well, you go ahead and work on that. I'm up to my armpits in podcasts right now. So yes, you are. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of armpit, to... let's do our podcast. Right now. <laughs> oh, why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, so yeah, I guess this is going to be our last show of 2016. Um, and not a to moment say? too soon. No, no, no. Um, and before I forget, we should thank everybody this year who has sponsored us through Patreon.com. Uh, so thank you to all of you who have sponsored us and those of you who continue and those of you who couldn't continue. We appreciate everybody. That's, uh, so I'm going to go alphabetical order this time because last time I went reverse alphabetical. I'm not going to try to make up any mobster quote names because you didn't hear this in the final show folks or folk, but one of them completely did not work. And, um, yeah, let's let's just leave it at oh, that. Oh, and don't forget um, that uh, for some reason Stitcher's cutting off the last two seconds of every podcast. It's not yeah, just it ours; used to be it's the all first of them. Two. The thing yeah. is, it's only if you, I think it's only if you use it in the app because if you actually go to their website, it plays all the way through with no problem. <clears throat> so I don't know. Interesting. But so anyway, just, uh, so I just wish to individually thank and to individually split infinitives. With uh, Rory Coleman, Michael D'Angelo, Kyle Etter, Scott Lambert, Nate Lockhart, Greg Polander. Is that how his name's pronounced? You guys both know I thought it was Polander. Uh, yeah, me too. I thought yeah. it was Polander. Like Achoo, the Greg, whatever. I mean, er. Greg Polander, uh, Andy Ryerson, Jonas Rulo, Keith Sheehan, Richard Valdez, and uh, those of you who haven't yet sponsored us, but will eventually, thank you too. Uh, thank you for all your support this year. Thank you all for your moral support this year. Uh, and uh, your and, immoral support. <laughs> and your, especially your immoral support. Cause that's what keeps us going. So what's, what's new with you guys? Uh, let's, let's, um, let's actually talk about like video gameage stuff. So what's new with you guys in terms of, uh, gaming, any pickups, any new playing excitement lately, stuff like that. I got my hands on one of the portables. On the Atari 2600 yeah. portables. Mm-hmm. Oh! And I did not realize this, but uh, until today, that on Atari Age started, I think it was the end of January of this year, um, somebody actually took the binary for uh, the 2600 Tempest. He he went in there and looked at the code and uh, apparently made the game more playable. And I've really? yet to try it out, and apparently it does work on the, uh, the Atari 2600 uh uh, handheld ultimate portable thingy for Matt games, uh, which does have the original prototype on there. But uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to giving that a shot at some point. Uh, it, I still say Tempest can be done, but from what he was from what I can't remember who was looking at the code, but from what he was saying that it looks like that this is indeed uh, obviously it was a prototype, but he's under the impression after looking at the code that the underpants level was actually only a placeholder for more uh, different level designs to come. So I'm really looking forward to seeing, uh, to playing this. And uh, I don't know how this, uh, this got by me this long. Um, still working on trying to get my Raspberry Pi thing going, thinking about uh, wiping it again and putting a new image of RetroPie on there. I like the idea of it, but uh, when it comes to the consoles, it emulates them really well. But when you go into MAME, there's like four different versions of MAME on there. They're all older versions. Not every ROM will work, and it's it's pretty much of a hassle in that regard. But uh, I do like it. I have fun with it. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, there we go. Next. Yeah, I had uh, Willie sent me one because yeah, Willie is cool. pretty, pretty awesome. And he actually 
sent me the one that, on Atari Age. They have a list where all the games that are compatible, and they also have a ROM set with the uh, ROMs that are yes renamed so they'll work. Because I think that was a that was hampering the the long names. I think we're screwing it up. But he sent mm-hmm. me an SD card with all that stuff already on it, so I got lucky. Oh, nice. <laughs> now, has anybody gotten this thing to work on anything but an 8-gig SD card? No, I I've think... only tried the 8-gig. Yeah, okay. that's... I think there's... A, wasn't there a limit? I think they discovered there was a limit because over an 8-gig card, it's no longer just a straight-up SD card. It's like a SDHC or something oh, like that. Oh, okay. I all think right. that's what it was. Does Do all the ROMs even go over a gig, though? I don't think no. they do. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You don't even need a big. No, you, so you can probably fit them all on a CD. Yeah. <laughs> Heck, way back, way back when, when the ROMs were first being released, I thought I had the complete collection of like 500 ROMs. They all fit on one floppy disk. Oh gosh. So. <laughs> Jeez. And somebody was saying that somebody listed. Okay, I tried all these games, and these ga- I tried these games. These are the games that I couldn't get working. I, I couldn't help but notice that all of the Mystique titles appear appear to be incompatible. Mm. Hmm. So he almost the rare time I I think conspiracy theory. This is probably the first time in my life actually. It's like ooh, do they have some kind of mystique detector? Hmm. I wonder if that's true for the play around ones too. And uh, was it X Man? Because uh, that would be pretty freaking interesting yeah. if they figured out a way to do that. Yeah. As for me, I don't have one of these things yet. I asked for one for Christmas, and uh, it'd be really cool if that happened. Well, the cool th- see, Christmas is win win for me because you know either I get what I want or I don't, and I go out shopping and get what I want. Right. So you know. <laughs> and I still have your Christmas present sitting here. I've still got to get it out to you. Yes, I got you a Christmas present because you've been pretty good to me with Christmas presents over the years, and I've been kind of an ass. Yeah, it's about time you do something for me. Damn it. Uh, one thing I wanted to to mention. Oh. Uh? Over the last uh, couple episodes, but I kept forgetting about it, especially since we did the, uh, since we were on uh, the last episode of uh, Super Podcast. Well, not 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 the last episode. Now, now they, they're back, and they're in the third or fourth episode since they came back. Now, but uh, I fa- I did not know this on Atari Age, in the game programming, and I believe it is in the in the hacks uh, sub forum. I did not know this, but there is a thread there about how to generate custom seventy eight hundred Pac Man hacks. And um, a user called Jay Wirer, W-I-E-R-E-R, Wirer, uh, Viewer. he actually... Pro- uh, it's probably Viewer. He pr- actually uh, produced full instructions on how to do it. And uh, this is the same guy. He also made a beef drop construction set, so you can make your own mazes for beef drop for the really? 7800. And, uh, oh, man. He's, uh, he's created... Uh, Here's some he's already some ones he's already posted here. Uh, Snow Day Junior Pac-Man, Upside Down Pac-Man, Upside Down Ms. Pac-Man, Junior Ms. Pac-Man. Uh, Gambler172 did uh, did a version of Piranha, which oh. is one of my favorite Pac-Man oh, hacks. No uh, one called Caterpillar. And um, let me see one. Uh, here's a Papa Smurf in Pac-Land. <laughs> uh, this is an interesting thread, and I keep, keep wanting to bring this up because uh, I've been really wanting to check this out. And, Link in the show notes. And, um, yeah, it doesn't look uh, doesn't look too difficult. I wonder if it was just was it a utility? Uh, let me just double check here. I'm actually on the page now. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, it's it's actually its own uh, utility. This is a and this is a seven year old post. Wow. So that's kind of what? Yeah, it's a seven-year-old post. How did I not know huh. about this? 
I was just bored at work, which is sadly a lot lately, with the exception yeah, of today yeah. where I had to clean up part of my work area in the warehouse. <laughs> Dude. But, uh, but, uh, Try to set up logging this. in through Facebook on a website. That's what I've been doing for the past month. Oh, man. You'd so, be, you wouldn't believe what a pain in the butt that is. So this link will be in the show notes. It's called How to Create Custom 7800 Pac-Man Hacks. And I'm going to give this a, I want to give this a shot and uh, see what I can do with it. So I just thought that was very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. I just, just came across it. I keep thinking about taking my old Sega Genesis Ultimate Handheld Portable and maybe turning that into a handheld raspberry pi thing but i don't think the case is thick enough i think it needs to be just maybe another third to half of an inch uh, thicker to do be able to do which is sad they gotta also account for a battery pack of some kind too that's the thing they do make all the components you need to make a handheld in fact i saw somebody post instructions on how to put one in a uh in a game boy shell a classic game boy shell and they said you don't want if you don't have a Game Boy or you don't want to destroy your Game Boy, you could buy uh, Game Boy shells, uh, replacement Game Boy shells on Amazon. It was Amazon or eBay, one of the two, maybe both. It probably, I mean, I'd imagine both. Probably. Yeah. So that I thought that was interesting, but I'm like, eh, I don't want to do anything too technical because I'm lazy. So, uh, <laughs> there you are. Let's see. I I got a pickup, and in fact, I showed it to Ferg before uh, we started recording. Oh, gross. Oh, wait. A I minute. have. I'll show you later. <laughs> Bomb chicka wow. But um, got myself. It's in, it's in my right hand right now. Ah! It, is, it, it is a complete. Sh- <laughs> and yes, we had Phil on the show a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we watched all our innuendos and everything, so we kind of have to release. That's it fine at this point. So. Oh gosh, and the innuendos. So enough with the Italian suppositories. <laughs> all right, in my. In, in the, this is going to be so easy uh, making right him crack me, up. I'm going to love Something this. That, I am cl- that I am grasping <laughs> that is rectangular. <laughs> it's a rectangular It's like the object. Beavis and Butthead episode where they can't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I have complete inbox Atari Video Cube. Ooh. Very nice. Yeah. I like that game. I got this vengefully. You know why? Because you're evil? Yes. They had that game well. <laughs> at... Video games then and now in Norwich, Illinois, Sean Kelly's store. And it was a pretty reasonable price for it, too. It was just the cartridge, and I was going to go back and get it. Before I could get it, somebody went in and wait, bought wait, it wait, before wait, whoa, 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 I could. Whoa, 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 whoa. Some butthole. There we go. I corrected you. No, this has nothing to do with Mortal Kombat. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> you listen to our Mortal Kombat episode. I'm not going to say episode. his name, but his initials are Ed Kelly of Ed Ladin. <laughs> He beat me to it when he was in town. I was like, you. But, hey, for about the same price, I got this with a box and with a manual. So, meh. It's in nice shape, too. You can't tell, but I if stuck my If you ever get to Chicago, you have to go to that place. It's awesome. Video games then and now. I've been in there once or twice. There. It's actually in Norridge, Illinois, which is not too far from O'Hare Airport. Oh, and Mortal Kombat was episode three. Episode three. So, for those keeping score. So, that's my latest pickup. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Centipede on the 7800 lately, mainly because of Atari.io and their equivalent to the high score club on Atari Age. So, yeah, I got to get on that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to. I, I I played Robotron for Atari Age, but but uh, they haven't had a new game yet, so Wait. I haven't really played anything. What'd you play? This week in Robotron. 
that is the one thing one thing that sucks about the 7800 high score type clubs is there's such a limited library there's only so much you can do before they do you know, open it up to home at least with the 2600 one you can uh you can change it. What was that? They op- oh, they opened it to home. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. In oh, fact, okay. um, Atari. I think Atari Twenty. Uh, the uh, oh, you know what? I, I take it back. The current high score club game on Atari Age is Scramble for the seventy eight hundred. I love that version of Scramble. And I actually got great, to loop it twice. Well, they were talking on uh, Ten Pence recently. They did Scramble, and uh, hi Vert Vic Viper. Hi uh, Sean Holly. Um, they were talking recently about it, and uh, I can't remember if it was Vertvik Viper or uh, Sean. Uh, one of them actually went like five, six, or seven uh, times through. Jeez. Uh, before their game went ended. The, I, I don't know how those guys do it. They're, they're like awesome at all these games. I'm just so freaking pathetic. <laughs> the only game I score regularly good at is Gyrus, and that's about it. Did you see the Dig Dug tweet that Vertvik sent? Wasn't it like something like 500,000 points? Something like that. It was something ridiculous. It's like, yeah. How? (laughs) Are you you freaking nuts? Yeah, how? But yeah, anyway. um, Oh, I got some news. Some news. By the time this is out, there is a brand new podcast out. I don't know if you guys heard about it yet, um, but... Phil, the No Swear Gamer, has officially finished with the Atari 7800 Game by Game podcast. So let's bow our heads in remembrance of Phil, even though he's not really gone and he's still doing the YouTube channel. (laughs) But uh, starting on Saturday the 17th, I think it's, is that the 17th, is it? Yes. 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 Thank you. Um, There's a new 7800 Game by Game podcast coming out that focuses exclusively on homebrews, since uh, Phil didn't want to cover homebrews. Please, what? tell us more. I am interested. <laughs> well, you'll just have to listen to it if you're interested. It's uh, it's all Actually, it's already on iTunes. It's on iTunes. It's on um, um, Stitcher. Um, it might be on Google Play. They're doing an episode zero. <laughs> episode zero. <laughs> kind of just a generic uh, intro. You know, it's, it's, it's so cliche to do an episode zero. I mean, it's like, come on, you know? They have a Facebook page, too. Oh, they do. Yes. Yes, yes they do. Oh. And a Twitter account at Homebrew78. But yeah, if you can stand listening to episode zero crap, I mean, who does that crap? <laughs> uh, but uh, it should be live right now. I encourage you to listen to it. Uh, some schmuck hosts it. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, God. What, what what the hell's his name? Captain Geach. Bobber? Janitor Sean? Oh, it's a guy named Janitor Sean. That's what Phil always called him, at least, so... Might want to check it out. Uh, we'll put a link to the show notes. But, no, we'll put a link in the show notes. <laughs> a link to the show notes. At, uh, well, Pifactory I don't know. Does, there, does this com. podcast have show notes? Because you could put a link to the show notes in the show notes. That's very true. Yeah, that it does have show notes. Um, it's at uh, homebrew78.fab4it.com. That's interesting. A lot of people are using fab4it.com <laughs> lately. It's a gaining popularity as an as a uh, provider. So, oh, wow. okay. <laughs> the train wreck um, that is pie fashion. <laughs> yeah. And there's Ferg thinking of a joke he heard on Herman's head. I think I said train rack actually, so so that just uh, proves my point even more. <laughs> ah, indeed. Indeed. So. But uh Hey, you know what, guys? I think it's time for some Addenda and Errata. Yeah. (laughs) 
And boy, do we uh, have stuff to irate. <laughs> Such as what? Well, I couldn't tell you because my computer's running a little slow. Uh, but I'm sure I'll get there in oh, it's easy to just catch. a moment or two. <laughs> How about you, Ferg? Do you have any addenda in errata? No, I don't. Ah, that's a grand shame because you th- it means you think that we were completely right. <laughs> so. I actually got some here. Uh, Whoa. Um, 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 the Ten Pence Arcade Guides did an acapella version of the Addenda and Arata song. I know. I haven't heard <laughs> it yet. I can't I wait to hear it. That. <laughs> I think they released an episode today, like, and, 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 right after I left for work, so I couldn't okay, synchronize Okay, I got to listen to that. Okay. Oh, I, I, I can't wait to hear that thing. That's hilarious. But um, once again, we heard from uh, Chris Federico. Oh. Um, he says, and I quote, I'm just the messenger here, so don't kill me, but this is what he says. Thanks for another awesome show. Oh, dear Lord. I, I, I know. No accounting for taste. I'm not sure if you accept addenda from listeners, fans, your adoring millions, your massive flock, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's the whole point, I think. <laughs> to, yeah, accept uh, addenda from... But a Dig Dug strategy about which I've never heard anyone speak. Ooh, I like how he uh, didn't use the uh, um, dangling... Preposition right there. Uh, perhaps because it's more obvious than I think is that moving toward either type of enemy while repeatedly pushing the pump button makes him explode much faster when you remain stationary. Or then when you remain stationary. Sorry. I did not notice that. I think I'd read that somewhere. Hmm. I, I, I got to try that. Every again. time I do that, though, there's always another puka hidden behind the puka that's going to come out and, yeah, and nail me. That's annoying. Oh, I yeah. hate when that happens. And of course, you know that there's more than one uh, one uh, than one puka or one more than one fire But when they get into sync, that's I hate that. That's the time to hit him with a rack. Chris, anyway, continue. I will continue at any rate I wish to. Anyway, I always well. enjoy the separate game. I'm doing finger quotes, by the way, of trying to figure out the theme of each episode. When you're about to disclose the current theme, I hit pause and then take the best I can, the best guess I can. Last time, the one I arrived at was wrong, but it might serve as a valid alternative theme. In Dig oh? Dug and Pac-Mania, both main characters are parents of other video game protagonists. And it's interesting you mentioned that, because there's another addenda in errata. Do tell. Uh, this one's on... Uh, do, you, do you still have more with Chris Plus Pluses? I, I have a little email? bit more, but I think I know what you're getting continue. at, so get continue. at it, please. No, no, you continue, and then I'll read this one. Oh, Fine. Uh, let's see, uh, see, you two have too much cleverness to be, aw- excuse me, see, you two have too much cleverness to even be aware of it all. Oh, that time he left the, uh, he, Ooh. he has the he split used every, every version of the word two in one sentence. That's, oh, <laughs> I wonder if he did that on purpose. Oh, I would not put it past I bet him to he do did. that on purpose. I bet he did. I, I know, I know. And he ends, have an awesomely Merry Christmas, Chris Plus Plus. And, and which brings up this thing. I don't care so much about this whole, oh, why can't we say Merry Christmas anymore? Why do we have to say happy? I really don't care. What I care about is why Christmas is the only time we use the adjective merry. Why? Mm. why not, no other time. Good point. Have a merry a National Aluminum Siding Week. I'm going to start using it for that week. I keep using happy for that. When but do now the Florida Corps return to Dayton? Don't they have a holiday for that? I don't know if it's a holiday or if it's just a date, mm. you know? Because uh, holiday, holiday by definition means holy day. I don't know if there's such That's a, true. you know. So I don't know if returning to Dayton is a holy thing. And there's, oh God, I got to tell, tell you about this. When I, I worked as a magazine editor when I lived in New Jersey for the first couple of years I lived there. <laughs> oh, yes, the one magazine that you 
that you put together. No, actually, it was a book. That well, that was no, that was actually a book put together. But I mean, I actually worked on a monthly <laughs> magazine, and my boss, she was the editor, and she would write the editorial every month. And for one Christmas, she actually ended it by saying "Happy Christmas," blah blah blah. And one of the executives, like when he saw that, made her change it to Mary. He said, nobody says, nobody says happy Christmas. And she's Ever. like, that's what we say in our house. We say happy Christmas. And her boss said, I know plenty of Christians who say happy Christmas. What's wrong with this? Merry holidays to you. Merry New Year. At any rate, I got this from Anatari. This is from RJ. So, oh, oh, yeah, <clears> that's <throat> exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, thanks. Thank you very yes. much, Chris. And you also please have an awesomely... Merry Christmas and Merry New Year and Merry Boxing Day. Have a joyous solstice on us. Actually, I hope your solstice is pretty crappy so Christmas can make up for it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, solstice but here is my we wife's are. birthday, uh, by the way. From RJ. Gentlemen, a number of issues. I believe, first of all, I believe it's pronounced Ojeda. And our, lo- our local newspaper has a tech reporter named Julio Ojeda Zapata, which translates to July Ojeda Shoe. <laughs> <laughs> At 2316, Inky said 1942, which is not the direct sequel to 1941. Rather, it's a movie called 1492, and I do recall that I messed that up. Uh, Conquest of Paradise about Christopher Columbus. This was about the, the guy who did the... Um, uh, uh, cauliflower? Chariot, yeah, cauliflower. The chariots of uh, fire theme that they used in track and field. Uh, he said, never saw it, but recalled the TV commercial. If I recall correctly, Sigourney Weaver played the queen, or maybe that was the other Columbus movie that came out about the same time. And he also said, I thought the theme the theme was game characters whose offspring have their own games. And I still haven't found another video game in which the protagonist is divorced. When I found out that Dig Dug is the, was the very first video game character who actually got a divorce, I was like, whoa, this is a freaking deep game. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Zingy. <laughs> All right, you have to come up with a different interjection. It's the third time you've done the zingy thing. Well, uh, that's uh, that's from Steve Tui. He does that on his his show. Oh yeah, we, we, are, we also extend a big thanks to Steve yes, Tui, who's been very yes. good to us. Uh, thank you, and Steve Tui. We keep Tui. forgetting to. And uh, of course, Tuiville. We'll put a link to that in the show notes again. As we have said many, many times before, uh, me and Sean both you actually you both used to actually work with Steve Tui at different times for the same radio station. So actually, technically, I think he got fired right before I joined there. Oh, really? I did well, see. I saw him several times in passing. He'd still stop by the station, but yeah. ah, I see. But uh, yeah, so that is so weird. Yeah. We, we, me, and you. This isn't really too too weird because we've known each other for well over 20 years and we both have radio in the in the uh, Joliet, Illinois area, uh, but we both worked for the same radio station at two separate times, but even weirder is me and Tim Evans of Super Podcast Brothers at two totally different times, about 15 years apart, actually both worked for the same Toys R Us in Joliet, Illinois. <laughs> That's weird. That's totally bizarre. That, that he lives in bizarre. Minneapolis, so. That's a commute then. Minneapolis has got to be, it's like going to be the next Chicago in terms of video games, I think. It's, Could be. They have a lot of stuff going on video game news. News. Oh, um, oh? I was going to bring this up. Galloping Ghost is, oh, is yeah. on their fourth expansion. Yes. And uh, when this is done, they're going to have room for 1,000 freaking games. Wow. And because yeah. of this, they are they actually have increased their admission price as of yesterday, which is December 12th. Wait, was it the 12th or th- it was yes, yesterday, December yeah, 12th. The 12th. Uh, we were recording this on the they, 13th. They increased their admission fee to $20. Still a bargain. 
was still a bargain. And the games are free, right? Yeah, games are all on free. Yeah, play. that's that's definitely a bargain. <laughs> yeah, so twenty dollars bargain. Uh, go there, play whatever the heck you want, and uh, except Tinkle Pit. When I was there, when I was there last <laughs> time, uh, they were actually working on the expansion, and I think they were putting it. Uh, I can't, I can't remember, but they they opened a, a, a smaller expansion earlier in the year. Yeah, and uh, they had uh, a lot of the games pushed to the side and tarp draped over them so that they don't get ruined or something from the expansion. And uh, sadly, one of the machines that was under the tarp was Beavis and Butthead, which they had turned off. I wanted to play that again. But oh well, I'll get to play it next time. Ah well, but yeah, thanks for thanks like for uh, the the reminder of that I totally yes. forgot to mention that. And again, uh, if you're in the Chicago area, there's them. There's uh, headquarters arcade, headquarters uh, beercade. That's those. I'm are, sorry, headquarters beercade. Two locations there's, in the city uh, of Chicago. Underground, underground retrocade. Uh, there's the Chicago Street Pinball Arcade in Joliet, Illinois, which we have not either of us neither of us have been to, and we're both from the Joliet area. I might be going there soon. Oh, really? Let me Might. know when. Yeah. Let me know as when. As soon as I know, and then I'll there's let you know. A, and if you're outside of the Chicago area, if you're like in my neck of the woods and you want to go further off the edge of the earth than I already oh, let's am. Let's also remember Pixel Blast. Oh, p- yes. Pixel Blast in Lyle, which is next to where, near where I work. Which is uh, where Paul Ojeda is uh, yes. the proprietor. Yes. Thank you, RJ, uh, for that, by the way. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. I knew it was Ojeda, by the way, but I'm just throwing it out there, but... Uh, but then also, if you come to the area and you come to Morris, Illinois, you want to drive further off the end of the earth, about 20, 25 miles west of me is a town of Ottawa, Illinois. And there is the Onet Gaming, which they have a small arcade there, but they also sell used sell used video games. And they also, uh, it, it's actually, when they say gaming, they're not just talking video games. They also got like Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons and, and uh, comics and everything. It's it's pretty much geek heaven at that store and their prices last time i was in there were not out of line too so uh they had a spy hunter there for like uh for the 2600 for like 12 bucks and i so wanted wow. to pick it up but i just couldn't spare the money uh, i so wanted that but uh yeah stop in any of those places they'll uh and uh we're not getting paid by any of them <laughs> no. and a lot of them and a lot of them i actually haven't either been to or haven't been to in a while but it's important to promote the community but uh there you are so Where? I wanted to just throw that in there. Uh, for there how about are. you? You have any news that you need to share? Uh, just that uh, you sent me the RetroGen, what's it called, adapter for the Super Nintendo. So I, I appreciate that. You had no use oh, for it anymore, I guess. So, <laughs> and I had mentioned it on my show that I was looking for one. And I'm very happy that you sent it to like, me. I was like, I have one that. of those. And yeah. I'm not using it. And I don't care to use it. <laughs> So I really appreciate that. Thank you very much for sending that. So hey, I no to problem. Try it no I problem. did buy a couple of, uh, I got from uh, Bobby Idod. He sent me oh, a, yes. a, a Mega Drive game, and that's what prompted me to talk about it. But I we went to Second right. and Charles. You guys have Second and Charles by you? Uh, I've no, heard no. of them, but no, it's we don't. News to uh, me. They, uh, the, the most recent uh, completely unnecessary podcast actually talked about them and, uh, and some of the stuff they're doing. They're uh, actually... Uh, it's not good. Uh, they uh, sounds like they're actually destroying unsold vintage video games. Oh God! Okay. Wait, who well, who who, uh, yeah. who uh, provided a little bit more details for yeah, it's, people it's such as myself? It's kind of like a, me- a media used media store. You can trade in stuff oh, okay. and get store credit, and uh, kind of like have... disc replay out here. Oh, okay. They have books and games and music records. Also, they have I think new they stuff do too. Have a few of them out here. I do think they but, have a few of them out in this area, but I have not seen one. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, some of the prices are a little on the ridiculous side, but I mean, I think 
that's pretty much I, everywhere. I hope that this report of them destroying the vintage video games that don't sell is uh, just one location being uh, buttholes. But uh, after that, and then hearing what uh, they do at uh, GameStop oh, with uh, some of their games, yeah. uh, they they don't even check their games to see. Last I heard, they don't even check their games to see if they are uh, counterfeits. And there's a lot of counterfeits really? coming out of... Uh, oh, I heard about that. That's yeah. what I've heard. Oh, man, yeah. I should bring like a boatload uh, of CDRs over there next time I need five <laughs> bucks. <laughs> Listen to Completely Unnecessary Podcast. It's, uh, I, I really love that show. It's uh, it's basically a pretty general uh, video gaming news podcast. It's not like a game by, by game or specifically about one system or whatever. It's just vintage gaming in general. And uh, they haven't had a lot of not nice things to say about it. And they also have... Uh, Oh, what, what's the term they use? It's like moron uh, eBayer of the week or something like that, where they uh, publicly shame somebody on eBay. Oh, dude, Alan so, Thick died. Yeah, I just saw that, too. My wife just messaged me. Yeah, yeah that's worth weird. interrupting the show for. Yes. <laughs> that's why I didn't. I just heard about a commercial yesterday. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll never forgive him for bringing uh, Kirk Cameron to prominence, so. I don't think it was his fault, necessarily. <laughs> I have a Kirk Cameron story for you, like, offline oh no oh it's very entertaining it's a fairly oh, no. recent happening <laughs> oh no we'll talk about All that right. after the so, show <laughs> anyway so yeah that's uh, that's pretty much oh wait a minute this was ferg's uh news no it's okay i just picked up a couple genesis games there to try out so thank you oh i hope one of them was nhl hockey Ooh. no was one I'm of them a... quack shot no <laughs> i think it was um seriously Quackshot is my Spin favorite Ball game on the Oh, cool. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I love Sonic I like Spinball. I think um, Dr. Robotnik was the other one. I'm not sure. There oh, were five bucks a piece. The Mean so. Bean yeah. Machine. Yep. That's a good one. That's Dr. Mm, yeah. Mario, basically. Yeah, Puyo Puyo, is that the same thing? What? Huh? Is it Puyo okay. Puyo? Is that the same thing as Dr. Mario? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine is similar. Okay. Okay, but, uh, go ahead, John. Oh, Sorry. By the way, by the way, uh, we we totally forgot to say something very important. Ferg himself has at least one podcast. Uh, Ferg, you want to say uh, what, what, you have the Atari Twenty Six Hundred uh, Game by Game podcast, and I know yes. you've been making the rounds on a whole bunch of other ones, including well, ours. I do, Thank you, by the he's, way. Yes, he's the pod father. <laughs> Thank you for having. No, don't say that. <laughs> I think Adam Curry is the Atari Atari Visions. Right? By the way, when are you going to get a new Atari Visions out? I, I enjoyed yeah, that show, oh, and I'm not saying that because I was a guest once. It, we had a lot of trouble getting together, so and then I do the notes, and I drop the ball on that because I've been busy. So hopefully in the new year, we'll get another one out. And I also do a, a one called Please Stand By, which is my friend Kevin and I just making each other laugh, basically. Uh-huh. So. One of these days, I'll have to do my surreal Jeopardy thing. <clears throat> You're what? So... Surreal Jeopardy. Okay. I'll take exaggeration for two billion, Alex. <laughs> I'll take contradiction for four hundred. No, you won't. <laughs> I know there was there was other there were other categories. categories yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's exaggeration, contradiction, sarcasm. I remember that one. I'll take uh, sarcasm for four hundred. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, there should be a a potpourri category that's actually about potpourri. about potpourri. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, I've always um, said I'd wanted to do a comedy podcast, but I really, I think I just have to start being funny first. I would imagine it's hard writing one, but I just like kind of off the cuff and not minding if it doesn't hit all the time. That's a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. 
Which is kind of what we're doing tonight. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, well, hey, if if, uh, anybody else have any more uh, news items or... Or at least lies about news or General something. General Francisco Franco was still dead. <laughs> that was the first uh-huh. thing that popped in the mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so, you know, okay, uh, because we've been talking so long, I think we'll probably end up spending a total of maybe, maybe <laughs> ten and a half seconds on each game. Yeah, lightning round. We usually talk about two games, and tonight we're supposed to talk about 15 games. So um, anyway, let's just go straight into the topic. Now, there are 15, count them. Oh, uh, those of you who are who have, like, Jim, since you live by Dresden, you might be able to do this with, like, some kind of uh, strange mutation. But uh, you can count on your hands the games that we're going to be playing today, or talking about tonight. Uh, Let me take 15, my shoes off. There are 15. <laughs> okay, there we go. That's a good thing there isn't 21. There are 15 games that Jim and I both rated 5 out of 5 continues. Top rating, highest rating. I'm going to do this the best I can in alphabetical order, just so I don't... Should we do the the thing? I'll get to that. Okay. First one from episode 2 is Zookeeper. From episode 4 is Crystal Castles. Episode 6, Burger Time. Episode 7, Pac-Land. Episode 8, we have Joust and Mario Brothers. From episode 16, we have Mr. Do. From episode 20, we have Tapper and Food Fight. Episode 27, we have Tron. 35, we have Robotron. Tron and Robotron. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. This week in Robotron. Episode 36 was Tempest. 39 was Sinistar. 40 was Space Invaders. And 42 is Nibbler. 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 And uh, notice there's two episodes where we both rated both games five continues. Yeah, and, I was surprised uh, to see that, actually. And uh, shockingly, Miss World Nude 95 isn't on here. Oh. So, <laughs> oh, should we rethink that then? Uh, I just did. Nah. Okay. Doesn't belong here. All right. That was a weird, weird episode. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to play video games for several days after. Uh, after I, I, took, I, I, I took like. 35 showers and doused myself in a tank of gasoline and set myself on fire and I still couldn't get the stink off of that episode. Yeah. And that was, uh, for those interested, that was episode number... 25. 25. The, f- the right. first episode we took to talked about more than two games, actually, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. And this, and this is, is the our second. second. Yeah. And there was only one of those games on that episode that we thought was actually worth playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which but, was um, weird because it was actually a pretty good game, but it was just too repetitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, now for anyone know, wanting to know, the game was Lady Killer. It's a fun game. Doesn't need the 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 nudie image, but it did get repetitive. You know but what? It, it kind of reminds me of Dig Dug Two in a little way. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Because it has some of. Yeah. Oh boy, here we go. We're talking about a number three game. <laughs> well, we both rated three. <laughs> I'm almost wondering if this would have been easier if we just would have talked about number one games. We both rated number one. There's only like three or four of those. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I, there Super is... Zaxxon, Miss World, Nude, 95, Dragon's Lair, and Dragon's Mortal Lair, Kombat. I originally rated two until I actually played it. And then I was like, yeah, this is getting a one. <laughs> well, quote unquote played. Yeah. yeah. Well, I watched anyway, the I watched Plus the Plus Laser praised game. us for actually calling that game out for what it really is. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Jimmy G, you said that you would like to ask us a certain question. Uh, unfortunately, Ferg and I are both married, but not to each other. So, <laughs> if, if that's what you're trying to get get ask well, us, well, you know, then... with this permissive society these days. Well, yeah, but you know, when... I am a trisexual after all. So you try this, try... you try that. 
Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, I actually wanted to save that question to the end of the episode, though. Oh, okay. Uh, kind of a wrap-up thing, because I, I, th- I think maybe just a little bit of discussion, just a couple of minutes on each of the games, and uh, okay. I think that would be a, a great way to wrap it up. And there's one game that kind of surprised me. You know what? Screw it. I'll just ask it. Yes, now. please. Um, out of all of the games listed, which one game did you actually find yourself coming back to more so than the others? I'll answer last. I, mine was, like I said, my answer surprised me, but it also didn't surprise me at the same time. Uh, Ferg, are you prepared to answer that, or do you need to think about I th- it? For I minute? think I can. Um, there were two games, I'll get into those later, that I didn't really play much or at all that I really liked on this list that I really got into, but I think the one that I kept going back to was probably Sinistar because it was so frustrating and I, mm. I just wanted to kill Sinistar at least once. I'm terrible at that game, but I love it so much. I don't know why it tortures me, but I guess what's that Stockholm syndrome? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I th- that would what be... was the other one you were saying? Oh, the ones that, the, the new ones that I hadn't played, you mean? Oh no, no. You were saying that there were, there were two that you, two other I ones you said there were two. that, that I really enjoyed. Zookeeper, I never played before, and uh, Nibble, oh, not, really? and Nibbler. Nibbler, I think I is Nibbler on ColecoVision? No, um, that's uh, there were no home ports of Nibbler. Oh, okay. Although, although actually, it's based on the it's based on the Snake game. Snake, uh, yeah, I must have like played surround, it some, somewhere. Like actually, surround on the twenty six hundred sort of thing, except in a maze. Right. Yeah. Actually, there was, I believe, one of the eight bit computers had Nibbler. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. None of the consoles. None of the consoles had it. I may have played it on that then, but I really enjoyed both of those quite a bit. All right. So, Sean, which one did you find yourself coming back to time and time again? Actually, there isn't a single one that I keep coming back to time and time again. Um, I kind of, yeah, I kind of went a little bit more liberal with your question. And instead of just having one game, I looked at the 15 games and I split them up into three different categories. There is um, games that I tend to play often, but I can't play too much of in one sitting, one standing, whatever, depending on the situation, of course. It's like I played a couple of times like, you know, what? yeah, I'm, I'm kind of bored with it. Other games where I really, really, really like, but after one round, it's like, man, I just don't want to start all the way from the beginning again, and I don't want to continue. So let me move on to something else. And then there was another category that I titled and I quote, run, don't walk, bang, bang. Uh-huh. Bangs being exclamation okay. points, by the way. So I, I, th- I guess what we'll do is after we discuss each game. Oh, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say mine here. My game was Sinistar. I kept, I kept, I played all of them, and I and I enjoy them all, and they all are well deserving of the five continues. Uh, however, the, I kept going back to Sinistar. Difficult game, and I have actually since uh, since I started playing it at uh, Galloping Ghost, I actually have been able to defeat the first Sinistar. Yeah, hmm. uh, and I've done that a few times. Uh, I've actually done it at home too, but uh, I kept coming back to Sinistar. It's Sinistar. I think we. I think I maybe may have mentioned it on the episode. Is basically like Time Pilot. If Time Pilot was sped up quite a bit, and. Uh, had a cool radio personality doing an evil sinister voice. Where I you know, I, actually, I think I can answer the answer your actual original unadulterated question, but with two games actually, because there are two games That's I keep fine. finding myself going back to. Um, Go for it, Mister Do. I've mentioned that many times. I always find myself going back to it. And um, Nibbler, Nibbler, yeah. I Ever c- since the uh, 
<laughs> I've been playing it a lot more, obviously, ever since the uh, Man vs. Snake event at the Underground Retrocade. I've been playing a lot more simply because they go to Underground Retrocade more than they go anywhere else. <laughs> and no, they, and they've, ever since they got it, I've been kind of hooked on it. And, I, and, of course, I played a buttload of it when we talked about it in episode 42. And Ghost doesn't have Nibbler, do they? Yes, they do, actually. That's where oh, I first they do. played it. Okay. Okay. In fact, uh, Pixel Blast That's also rare. has it, too. That's rare when Galloping Ghost doesn't have a game. Oh, yeah, like, say, Journey, Tinkle Pit, um, what else, Firefox. Uh. They have Star Rider, but it's sitting in the back, and they're, they're, they're debating whether to put it out or not because it, the machine requires some parts that are hard to get. I thought it was uh, out no. today. That's, oh, I don't know. It, what yeah, was their you know, game yesterday? Yes, it is. It is out because someone's someone no. said, I'm glad to finally see that out. Because this no. week, Doc unveiled, like, ten games. No. Holy, how did I miss this? I don't know. If, I don't know. If Star Rider is out on the floor, I am taking the day off work tomorrow and going up there. Well, they have it on the floor! Holy shnikes! <laughs> I have not played that game in 30 freaking years! I really at the freaking Louis... I'm excited, can you tell? I played it at the Louis <laughs> Joliet Mall way back when. Oh, holy cow, I've got to go there. I don't remember it being a particularly the thing is, great I have game, this but problem, I played it though. all the time. Because every Monday, Doc or Doc, Doc or P, actually they both post. They say, "Okay, well we're going to unveil a new game this week." What, which game do you Empire think Strike, it's going to? They got an Empire Strikes Back sit down. Yeah, an Empire Strikes Back cockpit. Cockpit. Here's yep. what they added: Star Wars, Hyperdrive, Sailor. They got Sailor Moon. Another that's a that's a Mortal Kombat style fighting game that was never released in the U.S. Star Rider, Pepper Two, Super Muscle Bomber, oh, yeah. Cyber Ball, Super High Impact, Hit the Ice, Night Driver. Yep. Double Dribble, Techromancer, Spy Hunter 2, and Power Drive. Whoa! thing is, every week, I guess, Journey, just for the sole reason that they're eventually going to have that game, so I want to be right. But what am I going to guess once they actually get Journey? I don't know. <laughs> oh, they Whoa! also don't have Pac-Man I, and Chop Chop. So. Oh, I'm going to have to head over there before too long, sooner rather than later. Oh, that is a great selection of games that they introduced just in one go. So anyway, yeah, anyway, Mr. Doom, Nibbler, Nibbler, and Nibbler, I, I was able to devise some patterns for the earlier levels, and I mean extremely earlier, because I can only get 100,000, like 150,000, I think, which is like minuscule compared to uh, a lot of other people. Oh, dude, speaking of this, um, another um, clarification, um, when I was talking about how there are kids who are scoring astronomically on Nibbler, and you said, what about that kid who has a world record on, um, was it Argus? No, Mad Planets. Mad Planets. That's Austin Swan. I believe he was 11 Austin years Swan. old when he got that world yes. record. Yes, that's a fun game, wow. too. That's another but, one that's uh, kind of hard to emulate because of the control scheme. Which, but anyway, those are the, those are the but, two that I always find myself going to. Uh, I guess it's your turn now. Uh, I already said mine. Remember? Oh. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but, I was going but, with uh, what you, you originally you, uh, said. Yeah, yeah, you just addended that instead of waiting for the next episode like a gentleman oh, so. good grief. all right so <laughs> let's uh, let's go down the games here uh since we've already been talking for about an hour <laughs> yeah about two um, minutes about the actual topic tonight yeah, yeah no kidding this show is a train wreck but this one more so than others thanks ferg all right <laughs> Anytime. so zookeeper Anytime. now you said you've never played zookeeper ferg i don't think so oh, no man so what do you think of the game i love it i um I actually had trouble. Uh, I I downloaded a couple ROMs because I don't, you know, I can't. I have to play it on the on Mame. I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen it before. I must have seen it maybe at uh, uh, what's the place in New Hampshire? Um, Fun Spot. 
Fun spot. Yeah, I must have seen it there. But I don't remember playing it. I wish I had, though, because uh, this is great. I love the sounds in this game. I love the the graphics are great. I, I don't know. I just the whole mechanic of the game is really, really cool. I loved that yeah. the uh, when they, they found the actual sound uh, ROM, I guess, for lack of a better word, for the uh, the unreleased uh, 2600 prototype, which is yet to be found, yeah. that the sound effects on that sounded so much like the arcade. They sounded pretty good, yeah. I think they had the graphics in there, too, didn't they? There was they a the uh, animation that they found. Uh, oh, I guess yeah. it was pulled from a VHS tape of the game. Uh, and uh, okay. that is out okay. on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, it's really... Who, who was doing that? Was that CBS? I don't remember that part. CBS for the Atari? Yeah. No, that was actually an Atari title. Oh, okay. That was oh, good Atari be, did that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that okay. was that was Atari. You. Okay. But yeah, I just I love the game so much. I I have to keep a uh, lookout for it because I I love to play it. When I play these games, I use my um Ed Ladin Super 78 controller. Ah, yes. So to try to kind of get the arcade feel to it. But uh yeah, I got I got to play it in a real arcade. I love this game so much. It is a very very fun fun game. Yeah, every time I go to yeah. Galloping Ghost, I go straight for Zookeeper and I'm on that thing for like 5 6 games. And I've I've it's actually come so to a, a, a conclusion about Zookeeper recently because remember we keep saying that there there's like the two quote unquote bonus rounds the one where you got to jump to oh, the top yeah. of the screen and avoid the thing and then the other with the escalators yeah. uh, but those aren't bonus rounds because you can lose a life on those screens they're not bonus rounds they're mini games right Zookeeper mm. has the main game but then there's two additional mini games which I I, mm. I hate that term but I'm using because I can't think of any a better way to describe it. So uh, maybe it's a charanging stage. A charanging stage, yes. <laughs> like like they have in Rally <laughs> X. Yeah. Rally X, that's yeah. it. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, they're, they're charanging so, stages. So I would agree with your five. Now, are you guys going to say if you're? Um, I'm gonna. I think what we'll do is we'll decide if they deserve to stay on the list. We're not going to change the ratings okay. on the website, but we'll just say if they deserve to stay on the list. Yeah. Sounds yeah, like I'm wondering idea. if your opinions changed over time. Yeah, I think a few of them have, but not many. Zookeeper stays on the list for me. Yeah, definitely. I would give me. it a five too. Yeah. So, all right, that's three fives. So, five, five, <laughs> five. There we go. Now, imagine if our thing went up to six, we'd all be in trouble. Here's a pro tip: whenever you have something important to uh, to type on your PC, Notepad. There we go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the next game is Crystal Castles. Episode four. Episode four. So Ferg, what say ye? I don't remember ever playing this. When did it come out? 84, I think it was? Something like that. In the arcade or 84-ish. It was old enough to have been on Starcade. I know that for sure. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, which we didn't mention Starcade. Wasn't there an all Zookeeper episode of Starcade once? I don't remember. I don't know. They, I know they had a couple all all games. Obviously, Dragon's Lair was one of them, and I think oh, yeah. Blaster might have been another one. But I think they made that many blaster cabinets. Well, you only need like four. I stand by what I said. No, that's true. But I did play that in the arcade, though. So anyway, we're not talking about that yet. Which <laughs> um, actually, I got an idea for a theme for that for for Blaster. So we'll talk about that later. Oh yeah. So, all right, so Crystal Castles. Continue, Ferg, before after I sort of rudely interrupted you. <laughs> I'd normally and I like, do apologize um, for that. Trackball games. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, it's, it's like he's never listened to this show before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, continue. Not the unedited version, at any rate. Oh, I see what you um, did there. I, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> I, I do like trackball games for the most part. I think that colored my perception of this game because I, I didn't really play this much or have not played this much. And I don't know if it was the joystick I was using was just not, I don't know, it just seemed like I couldn't control it properly with the yeah, joystick. Yeah, you probably need, you, it probably absolutely needs to have a trackball. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I wonder if you can like map a mouse that way. I'm yeah, sure you, you could. Can, I think, but the uh, problem you can, with the mouse though you is with the you got to keep picking it up to like recenter, you know, in the area. Otherwise, yeah. you'll be just going all over. Uh, I was right. playing Crystal Castles on my Raspberry Pi. And I tried mapping it to the uh, analog stick on my uh, uh, my wired Xbox controller, but the the version of Mame that it runs on on my Raspberry Pi wouldn't. One version of Mame on my Raspberry Pi wouldn't pick up the analog controller. And the other version wouldn't pick up the D-pad. And that caused real problems with a few of the games on here. Crystal Castles being one of them, because I think I think it would work actually fairly well with an analog control. You know, like something off of that, off of the, the Xbox controller or, or, you know, something like that. Heck, it might even work well with the 5200 controller. I'd really love to play the prototype. It probably would. 5200 prototype with that. Yeah. You know, I think it's on uh, one of those IO. It's on that iOS um, Atari's Greatest Hits compilations or whatever it's called. And it's 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 uh, yeah. That's on the Android version as well. Yeah, and it's probably a little bit more playable that way because they actually have like a virtual trackball on that. Which I hate that. But yeah, but you know yeah. what? What are you gonna do? <laughs> you know. I really wish they would uh, release a version of the Atari Greatest Hits thing for the Android and iOS devices that would allow you to use external controls because then I can use my yeah. uh, Nintendo 8-bit Do or my uh, my 8-bit Do NES 30 Pro controller, which is awesome. <laughs> if it wasn't for the problems I'm having connecting to Bluetooth, that's the only thing preventing me from giving it a 5 continued rating at this point. But there you are. So, so you, wait a minute. So that's preventing you from giving it a 5 because of emulation? No, the Bluetooth control con- connectivity problem. Still, though, I mean... Oh, are you talking the game? Yeah. Oh, I was talking the controller. Oh, I was, okay, I, I just right. mentioned the controller, so that's what I thought you were going for. I don't, With me, I love Crystal Castles. It deserves its five, and I'm going to keep it on the list, but there's still... There, there's something... I guess maybe it's just the mix of games where uh, after playing some of these games, it really reinforced to me the kind of game that I actually like more so than uh, than the others with maybe one or two exceptions. But it, for what it, the game is and for how fun it is, it still deserves to be on the list as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah, for me, I put this on the category of it's a game that, okay, yeah, let me, let me rephrase my categories. I had Run, Don't Walk, I had Often Play But Can't Play Too Much Of at Once, and then I also have the category of, I hardly ever play this game. But when I do, it's like, holy crap, why have I hardly ever played this? This <laughs> is actually going in the second category. Often play, but can't play too much of it once. Quite simply because I think it's one of those games in which you play it a couple of times and then you're like, you know what? I don't want to have to do, go through all the effort to go through the first several rounds and do all this. And I still don't know where that hidden warp is. I cannot find it ever so i i don't know and that drives me nuts yeah well, some of the warps are kind of hard to find the first one's extremely easy the second one you have to get the the hat then go into the hidden corner area and hit jump and you really got to time that and the problem with that screen is there's like a, a kind of a little mishmash in the middle of the screen of of ramps that you can't really clearly def- 
that isn't really clearly defined, that you just roll the trackball randomly and hope you get through it. And you have to get through that to get to the... No, 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 no. No? You don't have to do that. Because there's an elevator on the corner near where the hat is. And if you can get on there and get in down into that hidden corner, you can do that a lot faster. I'm going to have to replay this. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So, I was wrong. But, uh... So, Sean, does it still belong on the list for you? Oh, man. You know, I would, ha- you know what? I would have to say yes, because it really is a good game, and it has Bentley Bear. who That's true. You know, Bentley, ba- who's getting an Atari 7800 game soon. That's true. I'm surprised Atari didn't do more with that character, because yeah. that's like the only cutesy, like, uh, mascot character Atari ever had. That's true. That's true. Well, could have been. Could have been a mascot. He yeah. was only in the one game officially, although I think he was in Atari Karts on the Jaguar. Uh, oh, okay. That makes sense. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to ask uh, Shinto about that. Uh, yeah. Ferg, what say ye? Well, despite the fact that I can't play it properly, I don't know if it's something I would be interested in playing very much of. Hey, just curious. Um, how about the 2600 version? I have not played that. Oh, actually. really? I think I may have tried it a couple times, but I need to. I need to try it because it, 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 that was built for the joystick, so it'd be a little easier yeah. to play, maybe. I and, think the twenty six hundred uh, version is okay. I love it yeah. personally. My brother got it for me for Christmas in nineteen eighty seven, and I really loved it. My brother was a big Crystal Castles fan uh, back then, and he's like, "Yeah, you, you need you need Crystal Castles for this," and I, I we both really enjoyed <laughs> it big time. Yeah. We thought it was, was very that well the part done. Part of the new, I think it is. I mean, it looks pretty good. I just haven't. Yeah, they I did the best they could for it. for what they had. So yeah, the jury is think, out with yeah, you on, they usually on this do. one, Ferg. Eh? I, well, I think I put it in the, right in the middle at a three, but I, I just with okay. the caveat that I need more experience with the game. Sure, that's fair. Um, let's see, episode six, I believe, is next. It is because we we were just talking about Crystal Castles, which was episode four. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me the next five continue game we have is Burger Time from Episode 6. Yeah, it is indeed. Ah, Burger Time. Ah, yes. (laughs) So, does Burger Time belong to remain on the list? I ask you, Morton Kentucky! Yeah, going into old, old, old Saturday Night Live impersonations. Okay. So, Ferg, what do you think? Who's going, me? Yeah, why don't you go? You're the guest. We treat all of okay. our guests I, nicely unless they stab us in the back, which case we treat them extra nicely. I have no idea what oh I just dear. said. All right. <laughs> I do enjoy this. I played this a lot when I was a kid. Uh, I think all the console versions are, are pretty good, even the 2600 version. I know that, yeah. uh, there's problems with it, but for what it is, I think it's pretty good. I'm not good at it, though, which is uh, pretty much uh, standard for me with video games. I like the game, but I'm not good at it, like I said, with Sinistar. But I would I would say this is definitely a five. Sean. Yes. Oh, oh. Um yeah, for me, Burger Time, this is one of those I play it a lot, but I can't play too much of it at once games. I mean, it's a classic. It's it's core. It is definitely core. I mean, I told this story in episode six, but I'm gonna tell it again. Uh one time when I was at uh, Underground Retrocade back when uh Scott had his old location in East Dundee before the flood and all that, literally before the flood. And then he had to move just a block away to West Dundee. Yeah. On the other side of the Fox River. Yeah. 
I was uh, playing something. I was probably one of the Pac-Man games. No, a couple of guys come in <laughs> and uh, they're like, like, oh, look at all these, oh, look at all this stuff. Oh, they got Frogger, they got Glass, and one of them says, "What's this Burger Time thing?" And just by reflex, my head Ooh. just kind of glanced over his way, Ooh. and his friend said, "Look at that!" Even that guy is like, "What? What the hell? You don't know this game?" <laughs> <laughs> But this is a classic game. It is a classic. You you can't not love it. It's got it's very creative. And what is there not to love? You are walking across burger ingredients and then theoretically serving them. In yep. other words, a typical day at McDonald's. At typical least the one day I used at McDonald's. Yeah. Juliet. Yeah. And um, I actually I used to like the Atari twenty six hundred version of Burger Time until the second time I played it. <laughs> because because like to, it takes like 10 minutes to walk across a yeah it's freaking hamburger slow. Bun. it is rather slow actually, yeah. actually they're all buns until they reach the bottom and they magically turn right. into the proper layer so that's pretty <laughs> see my problem my problems with the 2600 version of that are a how slow your guy moves and b the collision detection on that is really wonky especially with the way some of those enemies just like keep getting bigger and smaller and then and you accidentally you think you're far enough away from say like the slice of cheese or whatever it is and but then he grows bigger because that's you know he's supposed to like flash or something and you he hits you and but the thing i really hate though is when i'm like on a platform there's one level in particular i can't remember which one it is where the breadstick goes just a little bit under <laughs> the platform and if you're walking oh, on the platform yeah. underneath, the bottom of the breadstick will kill you, even though you're not on the same level. And I hate yep. that. I do believe they released a revised ROM where that doesn't actually happen, did they not? Oh, really? I will have to look for that. Really? Because I have the uh, cartridge version. Uh, I don't believe I've played it on emulation because uh, I, mean, I, I mean, actually, don't like, like the game. <laughs> by, by revised ROM, I mean they actually stuck it on the cartridge. It was in, I think it was like oh, really? a second pressing or something. I'll have to look at hmm. that. And remember, I heard this from you. Really? Yes. I don't remember waking up this morning. Then you're probably still asleep. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, dream. the thing is, like, it's yeah, this is, this is a dream. classic. Yes. I had to rate it a, a five continues, but at the same time, I'll play one game of it, and then I'll play another game of it. Because here's the thing. At least the way I play it, it takes forever to clear a round. And when I get really, really deep into the game, I don't want to have to start all over again to build my way back up. So this is why it's something I yeah. can't play too much of at once. And, oh, by the way, there's also an Atari uh, 8-bit 5200 and 7800 homebrew of this called Beef, Beef, Drop. Beef Drop. Oh, and by and the I way, made reference yes. to it earlier in the episode when I was talking about the Ms. Pac-Man yeah. construction kit. Oh, and by the way, Beef Drop, from what I understand, is going to be the focus of episode one of the 7800 homebrew podcast. Where did you hear that from? It's something I read somewhere. Hmm. Interesting. I think it was in the paper or something. Well, as far as Burger Time goes, uh, I do. I, I absolutely hate the twenty six hundred version. And I, my opinion, <laughs> I actually like Donkey Kong Junior. on the twenty six hundred better than the Burger Time. I wouldn't go that Ooh. far. And the reason I no. do that is because I get a Mystery Science Theater three thousand type of enjoyment out of. Donkey Kong Jr. <laughs> and, and I view Donkey Kong Jr. on the 2600 in those eyes, whereas Burger Time to me is like 2001 A Space Odyssey, where you want it to be really good, but eventually you just end up falling asleep. 
Right. Yeah. 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 Burger Time is 2001. I hate 2001. It's my opinion. One okay. Of my, by the way, what, the why, how about the arcade anyway, version? We're spending way too much time but, talking yeah, about the, the Oh, the arcade <laughs> version. I absolutely love, 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 love the arcade version. It's all time classic for me. It, it definitely deserves to be on the list. And I'm not just saying that because last time I was at Galloping Ghost, I actually made it through the entire sequence of six levels in one game. I used to be able to do that. I can't do that and anymore. Wow. That last level in the sequence is tough because every other level, there's some way to get around. There's interconnected passageways. You got the levels, you got the ladders. But on that last one, there's a lot of dead ends. Oh, yeah. When you have all those corners you have to go into. Yes. And yeah. those dead oh, ends are what that. kill you. The trick to burger time is to get as many peppers as yes. you can in the first five levels yeah. and use them as little as possible to save them for that sixth screen. Yeah, and in fact, I've got my arcade page up right now. And when I was at Galloping Ghost, and uh, this was verified by the one, the only, the awesome Pete Hahn, I scored 75,050 on it. That's pretty good. Wow. So that's the highest score I ever got I on that I think that's game. better I than my recorded high is. And, uh, oh, by the way, the ColecoVision version of Burger Time kicks ass. Just thought I'd throw that out there. I don't know if I played that one or not. That's a game you need to do on Intari Visions. I think we've done it already. So I must have played oh. it. I was not a fan of the Intellivision version. Oh, I like the Intellivision oh, version. Oh, you know what? I think you did do it. I have a picture of Jimmy G playing the Intellivision version. I'll have to put that in the <laughs> show notes. Yes. So how many peppers can you stockpile in the arcade version? I don't think there's a limit. On the arcade? Really? I, when I was at Galloping Ghost... No, 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 not when I was at Galloping Ghost. When I was playing at Emulation uh, the other day here, I actually had 11 peppers stockpiled. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I they thought there was a limit. I wonder if that's a dip switch setting, or maybe I was just doing some sort of illicit substance without my knowledge, because I don't do illicit, illicit substances. But uh, I don't know. I could have sworn it said 11. Yeah, that's very possible. I know it goes up to 10. I know it goes up to 10 at least. I, hand to God, but, uh, I actually did clear that crazy screen once without using a pepper. I, I did it once, really? once, and I've not... That's the, the ultimate goal for Burger Time is do what you just did. Yeah. Or what you did there. Yeah. I, I don't, see what you I did I don't remember there. if it was... Well, actually, I didn't. <laughs> I don't remember if it was the arcade version or the homebrew version or what, but I actually got through it once with no pepper, without using a pepper. Wow. I think I've gotten to the third screen once in my life. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, that second one, I, I cannot clear the second one without using a pepper. It's a booger snot, that's for sure. Yeah, I've been able to do that. I have been able to do that. The thing with oh, Burger Time... Oh, this could be my next band name. Uh, with, with some... What? Booger snot. Uh-huh. I see. Which means it'll be my first band name. And how long name. have you been having these problems? The, the, I have been able to do the second screen in Burger Time without using uh. a pepper. And I think it's, uh, is it the third screen where there's like a big square? There's like a big square in the middle with like two buns, but then you got like two uh, areas on the side and then you got an area on the bottom. And I used to have the damnedest time getting through that level until I figured out the pattern for doing that. But yeah, I mean, I've been able to get through with that six screw that I use a pepper. But that's, you know, hmm. first, second, third. I'm a narcissist. Anyway. <sighs> All right. Oh, am I introducing the next game? Um, if you so desire, please do so. Sure. Packland, episode uh, seven. Ah, Packland. I haven't done that yet this episode, have I? You just did. <laughs> ah. Mm-hmm. I understand that your boss is into big drills. How did you know? I didn't. You told me. <laughs> 
It's amazing the movie quotes I can remember, yet I can't remember like stuff I need for work or to take the garbage out on Wednesday. <laughs> uh, I hear you. That was Austin Powers, by the way. That was Austin Powers, by the okay. way. Not the big drills part, but the part about taking out the garbage. Anyway. Um, anyway. So, so Packland. Pac-Land. Yes, Packland. So what do you have to say on Packland for? Well, unfortunately. And I, one thing I do have to find, I do want to say one thing interesting. Packland is the only. That'll make one thing if interesting you've game. ever seen. <laughs> well, that's true. It's the only Pac-Man game that we both rated a five. Yes. Did I rate? I don't think I rated any other Pac-Man game a five so far, have I? Uh, I think you did. Oh, maybe did. Pac-Mania. Did I? Uh, let's, well, let's I see here. Oh, you didn't even rate Ms. Pac-Man a five. I thought you did. Let's see. You did not rate... You rated Pac-Man a four. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I wouldn't have rated that a five. Pac-Mania, you rated a four. Yeah, this, this is the only one both of us oh. rated five. We rated each other one like a four or i think i rated pac-man a three that tells me that in the 30 years that i've known this game 32 years actually i think it has remained my favorite of the arcade pac-man games Hmm. yeah and i I think what well ferg let's let's go i i threw the floor to you first before i so rudely interrupted you again (laughs) well i think it was more rude that you threw a floor at him (laughs) the only problem for me is that I could not get a ROM to work for this. Oh, okay. really? Yeah, I tried like four four different right. ones, and nothing I would work. I wonder if that's one of those ROMs where you need like a separate like BIOS or something. Oh. Yes, you know what? I think it is because the Namco games needed a separate BIOS because uh, earlier versions of MAME, you didn't require a separate BIOS for these Namco games. But I recently tried running Pac... Uh, was it Pac-Mania? I think it was Dig Dug, actually. No, yeah, it was Dig Dug. Yes, it was Dig Dug. And it wouldn't run for me without a Namco BIOS, and I never had that problem in the hmm. past. So that might be what it, what you ran into. So let me ask you guys. Which I don't know why they did that. Anyway, first. Pac-Land, I know it's a, um, yes. like a 2D scrolling game. Is that right? Yeah, it's based on the cartoons, Joe. Yeah, okay. It's a platform so, pack. So is this the one where the movement is screwed up? Like you can't really control it? Or am I thinking of... Pac-Man Adventures on the SNES. Uh, trying to figure out what you mean there. Pac-Land, yeah. uh, your control, you had a left button and a right button and a jump button. Similar control scheme to like Space Invaders, the left and the right. Oh, um, right. If you double tapped a, a run, uh, one of the movement buttons, he would run in that direction. Okay, so I, I just remember hearing something about the, the movement was screwed up, like it was more of a suggestion. So maybe that's the Pac-Man Adventures. Yeah, it might be. So. And okay. I hate the Pac-Man Ghostly Adventures show because I think I think if it's the one I'm thinking of because the ghosts are <laughs> friends. friends of Pac-Man. I hate that. They're not friends. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Tom and... It's not canon. Like I said Court last time, it's like when the uh, when you have those Tom and Jerry cartoons when Jerry's wearing a bow tie and they're like friends and they're solving mysteries or oh. something. It's like, no, they're supposed Gosh, to be beating even. each other up with frying pans. Right. So, <laughs> or doing oddly racist stereotypical jokes from the 40s. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yes, I, I unfortunately don't have any input on this one. Alrighty. So, Sean, it looks nice. Oh, it's, the, it's lovely. It really is. It's, it is it, it is a beautiful yeah. game. It is the most beautiful of the Pac-Man games, but that's because it's not a typical Pac-Man I, game. I, I think Pac-Mania no, is a better looking most, one. It's the second most beautiful because of Pac-Mania. Yeah, Pac-Mania looks awesome. But uh, Pac-Land, yes. it's still... It's, it's just something that always stuck with me. I've been a Pac-Man fan since 1981, and I would play every new Pac-Man game 
except for Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp because I ran out of tokens and my dad wouldn't give me another quarter. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and I never saw that game again. Thanks, Dad. Bastard. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I'm not done Christmas shopping. I think I am now. Yeah, yeah, Dad, you're gonna you're getting what I got you already, and that's it. Here's a quarter. Here's a token for Aladdin's castle. Good luck finding one. <laughs> but yeah, and the thing thing about it was, I also religiously watched the Pac-Man cartoon. I never missed that thing ever, ever, ever. I don't remember. Sadly, it was the best of the uh, the TV ga- video game cartoon shows. See, I don't. Oh, by the way, by the way, this is giving me a great opportunity, especially since uh, Christmas is just coming up really, really soon. You may remember there was a Christmas special for the Pac-Land cartoon on, on the Pac-Land yes, cartoon. Yes, I remember. Um, mm. I did this on my blog a couple of years ago, but something I want to do now is PacManiacs.com. Uh, PacManiacs.wordpress.org with an X. With an X. Thank you. Same difference. I'm going to help everybody who hasn't seen this thing yet. What happens is Santa Claus crash lands in Pac-Land with his reindeers strewn about. Yeah, not traumatic at all for little kids, I'm sure. <laughs> and the Pac family, Pac-Man and Pepper and Baby Pac, they help Santa Claus get everything back together. They help him recover and everything and all that stuff. And that's pretty much all you need to know. Hmm. So I wonder if that record, do you know if the record is the same Ah, thing as that or is it different? I've never heard the record. I know what you're talking about. I've never heard it. Actually, give me, give me a moment. Um, let me just look something up really quickly here. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was actually last year. Oh yeah. Here's, here's what I titled the blog entry. Spoiler Christmas happens and Santa and the reindeer get better. So there, (laughs) there's the ending. You don't have to watch this stupid thing. Happy life day. Lumpy. My favorite Christmas episode of any cartoon show was the SpongeBob Christmas one. That was a good one. Are there any Christmas episodes except Married with Children? Christmas episodes that involve like a, some kind of distraught Santa, like a disaster happened or something, or in which Santa did not recover in time for Christmas? Married with Children is the only one I can think of. Is it a year without a Santa Claus? Isn't that basically never, what that is? I don't is? know. I don't know. Never saw it. I don't say know. out east. You never saw a year without a Santa Claus? I take it it back. My favorite Christmas episode of a TV show was the Space Ghost Coast to Coast Christmas. Santa Claus conquers the Martians on MST3K for me. I'm going to be screening that on Saturday. I think if I'm remembering correctly, I was listening to the uh, Movie Sign with the Mads podcast, and uh, they both said that the Santa Claus conquers the Martians broke them. Or maybe it was just Trace. I can't remember. It was Trace because I actually had him on my – I actually had Trace on my last podcast. And uh, he was saying that the reaction at the beginning of the cinematic Titanic where he was trying to get out of the uh, out of the the theater was real. (laughs) He didn't want to do the movie again. I think I watched it once. One of the um, Turkey Day marathons. I don't know if I've seen it since then. I love that episode. No, the best is... uh, Kimar is the savings place. On YouTube, there is a video of a choir singing Let's Have a Patrick Swayze Christmas. It is awesome. (laughs) Let's not spoil the ending. Let's not spoil the ending. But you have to to watch the the entire thing right up to the end. You have to. Through the magic of editing, my comment will be out. So, um, (laughs) so, Sean, Pac-Land stays on the list? Pac-Land for me stays on the list. Yeah, I always go back to it, and I'm always playing it multiple, multiple, multiple times. It's one of these games in when in which like well there there are warps in it and you get bonus points for warps and I'm always looking out for those bonus points. Here's a, an epiphany I had about Pac-Land just a few days ago when I was playing it. It is an arcade version of Smurf Adventure. I'll have to take your word for on that. On the ColecoVision. 
I mean, obviously it's not the same, but it's a, it's a similar type of deal. You know, obviously it's harder and all of that, but uh, it has the Pac-Man characters, but it's a similar kind of game. And, uh, you can't help but be in a good mood when you play Pac-Man because the music oh, yeah, and the cartoony yeah. graphics and everything, it's, it's a well, yeah, happy And the game. whole reason I loved it's it happy. was part with two part. Number one, it's a Pac-Man game. And number two, it was based on the Pac-Man cartoon that I absolutely loved. So it was like a double whammy for me. It was like, oh, this is so awesome. And I love that it's a unique Pac-Man game. That was the whole thing about Namco. And one reason they did not like Midway putting out all these bogus Pac-Man sequels like Junior Pac-Man and Pac-Man Plus and that other really stupid one that... by Oh, by the way, last week, I don't know what happened, but I did not swear at all when we recorded the previous episode, but Hyde St. Pierre, he did a Jimmy Kimmel unnecessary censorship on me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hide, drop in what I actually said that you bleeped right now. And there was Professor Stupidhead, damn mother, f- stupid leech sucking Professor Pac Man. So, yeah, come on now. Come on. I'm not that much of a fing potty mouth. <laughs> let's refer to, just refer, let's just refer to the game from now on as Remedial Education Pac Man. Remedial education. There we go. There we go. But so, anyway, that, that that kills two birds but, with one. But anyway, so yeah, that was the, that was the beauty of Pac-Man for me. Was that um, it was it was a new Pac-Man game. It was a unique Pac-Man game, and it was based on the cartoon. Again, Midway did not like one thing. Namco had a problem with about Midway doing all those sequels is they were basically the same games. You're just Pac-Man in a maze, eating ghosts, eating uh, uh, eating monsters, eating dots. Namco's idea was that if you really wanted to do a sequel, you had to make it significantly different, which is why the first official sequel, Pac, or Super Pac-Man, you weren't eating dots anymore. You were unlocking gates. Pac-and-Pal, you weren't even doing that anymore. You weren't even eating it. Here's the thing to think about, and we'll talk about this more when we eventually talk about the game. In Pac-and-Pal, you technically don't even eat anything. And, um, of course, Pac-Land is a completely different game altogether. Pac-Land is a completely different game. And of course, you go on to the next authorized sequel, which was done directly by Namco. You have Pac-Mania. Again, completely different. We're going back to the maze and eating dots and eating monsters at that point. But it's a completely different view. You know, you got the whole uh, uh, isometric view and the scrolling and crawling and everything. So, yeah, that's the beauty. And a bounce button. and, And a bounce button. Which we still haven't heard. We still haven't heard feedback on whether Pac-Mania was the only arcade game that had a button labeled "bounce." Right. There was a jump button in Pac-Land, which might have been the influence to carry it. But anyway, that's what I have to say about Pac-Land. So I'm I'm done with Pac-Land. Wouldn't Gotcha have had a bounce button? I've never played Gotcha. I don't know that game. Oh. Hmm. We'll have to look into that. Which, of course, that is something. If I look, if I look, in, if I'm going to look into it, I I actually will. <laughs> I yeah. hope I had the That's name why right. He does I'm the pretty research. sure it sounds like I I, I want to say I've heard of that game. Yeah, it sounds familiar. But um, anyway, should we? How about we move on to the next uh, five? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we still got eleven games to go. All right. So now the thing is, the next fiver that we have is actually episode eight, which contained two. See, what was really fascinating about episode eight was, uh, and it was my favorite episode of our entire podcast because it was discovery. It was a discovery podcast. Grief. So that means we had thirty-seven episodes of crap after that. 
But. <laughs> well, like what Mike Judge, I mean, Mike Judge wouldn't release all the episodes yeah, of Beavis and Butthead. But anyway, the theme for episode eight, basically what we eventually came to the conclusion of was that the two games were essentially the exact same games with basically different graphics. Really. And not only were the two games very similar, but we also rated them both exactly the same thing. We both rated them five. We're talking about Joust and Mario Bros. Yeah, we could talk about two games <laughs> of one shot with this one. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ferg, Ferg. we'll let you have first go at uh, Joust and Mario Bros. Okay, Joust is a big game for me in my childhood. I loved it, played it every chance I could. It was one of the, I think, probably the only Williams game that I was any good at. And... I've gotten, I think, a little bit better at it since then. I play it a lot whenever I play one of the Williams Arcade collections. And I don't know, I just, I really, I like the, the sounds. I like, um, I try to do that uh, that little bug where you can slip through the uh, oh, yeah. the platforms. I yeah. love that. Oh, I love I doing don't that. know how to do it off the, I mean, I do it accidentally sometimes, but. You just got to make always... sure when you're, you're like in the left-hand side of the screen because you can warp from the side. And, uh. Right. You just try to land in a bouncing fashion, and you'll go right through it. Now, is that one of those things that they okay. kind of quote unquote corrected in a later ROM? Probably. It was it was something with that, and I think something with the pterodactyl too that they corrected. Yeah, there was something about those Williams games that they kept putting out new versions. Like I know Robotron was one of them, and uh, we'll get to that later. I think you could still on the uh, some of the the emulated ones, uh, the collections. I think you could still uh. go through it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, that I was a right really that, popular actually. bug because people just loved doing that because it was cool because it doesn't look like something you'd be able to do. Yeah. And Mario Brothers, despite it being, like you guys said, pretty much the same as Joss, which I had never considered up until that point, I'd never got into this game. I didn't like it back then. I think I played it once or twice. I remember seeing it at the bowling alley. I didn't like it when they stuck it in um, Super Mario Brothers 3. I played it this week. I still don't like it. <laughs> so, Hater. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it is weird because it is pretty much the same. Like um, when you're flying and you're, you're skidding to a stop in Joust, uh, it's fine. But when you're skidding to a stop in Mario Brothers, it drives me bananas. So I, I just don't, I don't care for it. So I'll give Joust a five. I'll give Mario Brothers a two. Oh, wow. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I so don't far, me it. and Sean have justified everything being a five so far. Does that yeah. hold true true to this uh, these two games? You know what? So f- I don't know. I would have to say, yeah, I, I really would. Because here's how I see it. Yeah. Joust, this is in my cat. I don't even remember my other two categories besides Run, Don't Walk, even though I have them written down here. I still don't know if I agree with them. <laughs> but Joust, I put under the category of, this is a game I don't really play that much, but when I do, it's like, why am I not playing this more? Yeah, like, I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah, it's just so, it's, it's a lot of fun, it's very addicting, and, I, and because it's a Williams game, like most people, I suck at it. So my games don't last so long <laughs> that it's like, oh man, I made it to I made it to wave nine hundred and sixty two. I don't want to start at one again, you know. But you know what the sad thing is? Is Joust is probably the easiest. Oh yeah, yeah. Of the Williams games. Oh, and that's I totally sad. agree. I totally yeah. agree. <laughs> that's why I'm good at it. Possible exception <laughs> of Bubbles. Bubbles, I haven't played enough yet. I only played a couple of times, and I I really enjoyed that game. But uh, Mario Brothers is it's it's one of those weird games because like. 
whenever I see it, I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like playing Mario Brothers. And then when we actually talked about it for episode eight, I was like, well, I have to play it now. When I did play it, I was like, oh my God, this is so much fun. This is awesome. <laughs> I played it on the Atari 7800, I think, when um, when Phil covered it on his podcast. And I was like, oh man, I'd really, really rather play a homebrew or I'd rather play a food fight. So I plugged in Mario Brothers and I'm like, oh my God, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In fact, um, if you listen to his Mario Brothers episode, I sent him an audio submission, and I actually included myself actually playing the actual game at the actual time, actually. Actual. And it was the first time I'd played it in probably about six or seven years, and you can actually hear my genuine listen. like, oh my god, this is really awesome! This is so cool! (laughs) I'm justifying both joust... (laughs) Nay, I am... Joustifying. <laughs> oh, jousted Mario Brothers. I see what you did there. Or I heard oh. what I did there. I see what you did there. You have to put a quarter in the don't jar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it my turn? It's my I, turn. Uh, I think um, so. I'm going to have to say, uh, yeah, both of them justify the staying on the list. There's a pattern coming here. Uh-oh. And um, yeah, I. Although I, while I justify both staying on the list, I think I actually like Mario Brothers more than I like Joust. Really? And I was playing them both recently, and um, I just got more into Mario Brothers. I didn't think it was as unwieldy to control, and I uh, it was the the cutesy graphics helped, as did the sound effects. And I th- love both games, but I I give the edge to Mario Brothers. But they both were still rate of five. But I think I'll play Mario Brothers more. Uh, this having been said, I'm more of a fan of the home versions of Joust than I am the home versions of Mario Brothers. So you got that going for it, for you, or for me, whatever. I had to throw that phrase in there somewhere because I've been using it lately. So yeah, both fives for me, but if I had to choose between the two, I'll play Mario Brothers first. Joust for me, if I had to choose between the two. Oh, hey, yeah, neither, neither opinion is wrong. Yeah, but Fergs is wrong on Mario Brothers. So. <laughs> anyway, I'm an that's fine. Okay, so no. let's. Uh, no, so, so I guess I get to do the next one. Oh, you get to oh, do I two two game episodes in a row. Uh, anyway, episode sixteen, Mister yeah. Do, Phil's favorite game. <laughs> <laughs> now unbanned. <laughs> yes, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> I can now say that on his podcast. Yep. <laughs> so. Ferg, buddy. Ferg. If that is your real name. Uh, I didn't have a lot of experience with this game. I don't know if I played it. I remember, I'm sure I heard it being played or saw it being played when I was a kid, but I don't remember playing it. Um, I remember watching uh, somebody play it in um, at a collector meeting I went to in the 90s, and it just, he knew how to play it, and it was just very intimidating watching him play it because he was racking up a lot of points, and I just... Never really played it up until the past couple of weeks and I was doing it for my show. And I really I enjoyed the, the 2600 was pretty much the first time I really got into it. Mm-hmm. And then I played the main version. I really liked that even more. I don't know if I would give it a, a five yet because I don't have enough experience with it. But it's just like kind of it's like Dig Dug for me where it's there's a strategy involved and I'm not good at that part of it. Mr. Dude's so, like Dig Dug on steroids. Yeah, I think they're I think they're kind of similar and then different also. Oh yeah, I don't. What, what I don't, did we I don't determine? They, the games came out the same year, didn't they? They came out the same year, but there was Within just months. enough lag for Mister Do to be. We we ter- a, determined there was enough time for Mister Do to be developed 
and rushed out after Dig Dug or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. In fact, the first time I ever played Mr. Do was, I know I mentioned this at least twice in the podcast before, it was, um, in fact, possibly even the previous episode. <laughs> I never saw it before. I, it was in the 90s, and I had never heard of Mr. Do. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, it looks just like Dig Dug. And I tried to play it like Dig Dug. And I was like, yeah, this is just like Dig Dug with the little <laughs> tiny twists. And yeah. like I said in, in uh, episode 16, Mr. Do would have been a great Dig Dug sequel, if that's how they would have the direction that uh, oh, yeah, would have gone. That. But um, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, I always go back to Mr. Do. Like Mr. Do and Nibbler are the two ones I always go back to. And I'll be constantly playing that thing i think it's simply because i'm addicted to it uh why am i addicted to it i don't know i i really don't know i'm going to say this doesn't have to stay at the top simply because i just want i just think it's just how my brain is wired because mm-hmm. i don't really have any explanation as to why mr do has to stay at the top and uh, I think it's just that I keep wanting to try to beat my score. And uh, over at Underground Retrocade, my score is somewhere in the top 10, I think, like number six over there. And I think Tim Vanderkolk has the record over there. He's got like a several hundred thousand. And I asked him once, I was like, Tim, how the hell do you do that? <laughs> he said, patterns, man. Oh, really? Yeah. The problem is when a level in Mr. Do generates, it's not always the same. I noticed that. I thought all of the apples and stuff were were generated in the same place, but they're not. The cherries are. Yeah, and the the tunnels are pre-dug the same way, but yeah, the apples are in different places, so you have to come up with different patterns for different levels, and I'm I'm just not in any shape for that. Yeah, I thought they were in the same place every time, uh, but uh, they're not. Oh, no. Aren't the rocks in the same place at Dig Dug? I think they are. I don't know. I think I think they are. But in Mr. Do, like... The, There's a little you, more yeah, randomness Mr. in Mr. Do. Yeah, and I think there are like two or three possible layouts for each of the uh, the 10 screens. And as I said in that episode, that if you look at the screen, the pre-dug tunnel is in the shape of the number of which level you're on. Except for number 10, I think. Well, I think number for 10, 10 is, is a zero. zero. Yes, yeah, yeah. just a zero. But everything else, and if you look I at it, it's... I never noticed that until you pointed it out, mainly because I hadn't gotten that that far by then. <laughs> yeah, when you get to level three, it's pretty blatantly obvious, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I guess, uh, so does Mr. Do stay on the list for you? I'll say this. It does, but it doesn't have to. If you want to twist my arm, I'll be like, okay, it doesn't have to stay on the list. Again, because I think it's just how my brain happens to be wired with this game. I have no explanation as to why I I go back to it so much. Now, mind you, listeners, that uh, we're not going to change our ratings in the database for the previous episodes. We're just trying to justify the games and if they deserve... Obviously, if we don't think it's a five anymore, that we're not obviously going to uh, say, well, you know, this game sucks all of a sudden. But, uh, no. you know, number uh, a rating of a one, if anything, it'll just move down maybe just a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think my demotion of uh, Dragon's Lair was the only time we ever retroactively changed a rating. Yeah, I think <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, because you hadn't played Dragon's Lair uh, and or, or had very limited experience when we I did the episode. Played and then it. you I've played seen it. it. I had seen it, and then I played it at Galloping Ghost, and I was like, this game sucks. Dragon's (laughs) Lair is a choose-your-own-adventure novel. That's it. Yeah, it's not really a game. No. Yeah. It's a tech demo. Yeah. But as far as Mr. Do goes, I'm torn about keeping this on the list or getting taking it off, but I think I'm going to keep it, because I think it just goes down to one thing. While I I did rate Dig Dug a 5, and I still do like Dig Dug better, 
the thing I think I like most about Mr. Do is that there's more than one way to complete a level. You don't have to eat all the cherries. You could kill all the enemies, or you could complete the level by spelling extra or getting the diamond. There's just so many different ways you could complete the level. And yeah. I think that brings a different strategy to the game that is missing from Dig Dug. So I think for that reason and that reason alone, it stays on the list. Or it stays Maybe. a five. It's always going to be on the list, but, you know, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. So I think, Sean, do we move on to the next? And I think that's you. Um, I think we shall. Yes. Um, and so this is another about... two five continue games episode. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Food Fight and Tapper. Yes, the theme of that episode was food and drink. See what we did there? Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, see, we're clever that way. We're tricky. So the difference, though, is that uh, your character in Food Fight does the eating, but your character in Tapper does not do the drinking. Yes, he does. Oh, actually, yes, he does. Yes, you're right. Some, if he finishes yes, he the level, he might. At the end of the first level, he drinks the beer. Yeah. At the end of the or second level, beer. I think he drinks two. And at the end of the third level, he hits a bird out of the air with the mug. After drinking, when does he, there was one time I think he actually does drink in every at the end of every. There's one time when he actually kicks it, and what he does with the mug afterwards, he drinks ah. and then he throws the mug, and something happens. Like the first okay. level, he breaks it on his foot. The second level, it like lands on his head, and he gets his head in it. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. I think it actually bounces. It, it smashes on his head, and then he gets his head stuck in it, and then it, it takes the bird out of the air. I think there's a fifth one. I can't remember what it is, but but Ferg. You're the guest, so hey, have at it. All right, uh, I played both of these when I was a kid. Tapper, I, you know what? I never saw a root beer tapper when I was a kid. It was just regular old really? tapper. That was the one that I actually saw. I never saw tapper until fairly recently. Uh, I, I always saw didn't. root beer tapper because root beer tapper was the family-friendly arcade version, or the 2600 was Mountain Dew. So, oh, have you right. done tapper yeah. on your show yet? Not yet, no. It's ways oh, away. Oh, Ferg, I need to tell you about something. If you didn't know about it already, yeah. Like, this little, this little cyst. See it here on my arm. How do you, how do you get rid of that? <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> no. Oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. You have to <laughs> when you play the game. What? <laughs> and at some point during the gameplay, you have to explain. Gosh, how did that get on there? If you have enough credibility points, they actually allow you to, to create your own tracks. That uh, I'll send you a link. Okay. I just, so there just... are actually people submitting to that game. <laughs> <laughs> you have to talk about that when you cover this game. You have to. All right, I'll have to make a mental note of that. So, at any rate, okay. Tapper. So... Tapper and Food um, Fight. Well, we'll talk about them both yeah. since they're the same episode. Yeah, I played uh, Tapper. I think both these games I played at the drug fair in my town. They had a little tiny arcade, maybe about six six or seven cabs in there. But I loved Tapper a lot. I was actually better at the part when they shook up the, the bad guy, shook up the, the beers. That seemed to be a pretty and easy And you had to pick the one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I wasn't really good at, I didn't know until I think the 2000s that you could run down the bar. I had no idea. <laughs> One of the most common um, play mistakes I see with, uh, with, with the kids today when I see them playing Tapper is uh, they think that they have to run all the way back to the end of the bar after they pick yeah. up the tip or something. And you don't have to do that. I thought that too at first, yeah. And uh, we're going to get some more uh, yeah. noob mistakes when we talk about Sinistar, so. 
Oh, yeah. And Food Fight is one of my favorite arcade games oh, of yeah. all time. I absolutely love that game. It's really good on the 7800. I had not played the uh, uh, 800 or XE version, is it? Uh, but I heard that's the not XE good. The XE version sucks. So I've played I do, it. It sucks. I do have it, but I can't get it to work. Yeah. Oh, so you have one of the better ones, then. The ones that don't work. <laughs> yeah. But it's just such a such an awesome idea for a game, and I love the um, instant replay feature yeah. on it. This was a mainstay at Drug Fair for me for a long, long time until they replaced it with a Wacko machine, which I was not as hot on. I love on. Wacko. I, but, I like Wacko. Um, yeah. I have to try it again. I, have, I haven't played it since then in the 80s. But Food Fight is definitely a five for me. Tapper, not so much. I think I would give it a four. Ooh, interesting. Food Fight for me will always, always, always be a five. It will stay on this list forever, even after yeah. the sun goes into supernova and destroys all of us. It's still going to be <laughs> intact on uh, up at the top there for me. It, there's nothing more I can say. And, oh, by the way, did we say 49-way analog joystick? Yeah, uh, we did we now. So. No, we didn't. <laughs> And again, like I loved this game before I ever played it. The article in Joystick in the September 1983 edition got me hooked before I could even play it. I think I saw it on Starcade and loved what I saw. And when I finally played it on the 7800 in 1992, maybe 1993, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And now they have it at Galloping. Well, they've had it at Galloping Ghost for a while, but you know. Yeah. I'm glad the problem I with go food somewhere fight as it. we've. The problem with Food Fight, as we've talked about before, though, is the fact that that joystick is, since it's such an unusual critter, it doesn't always work on every machine that you see. Yeah. And uh, that's, been a, that's been a problem, at, really, at every arcade I've seen it at, at, uh, at Galloping Ghost. Uh, uh, does, uh, does Scott have it at, at Retrocade? I don't believe if he has it, he got it since I was last there. Yeah, okay, he doesn't have it, but uh, I have seen. But even way back in the in the U, uh, I have seen problems with it. Wait, in- <laughs> didn't you say we can say back in the day now? Yeah, you can say. Okay. Oh, but I was in a habit. But at any rate, uh, that's that's my phrase. Any rate, any rate, any rate. But I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, I just try to mix things up a little. But uh, but yeah, food fight. Even way back when, it was common to see the joystick like go out because it's it's a, it's a special it's a special joystick it's this short joystick did, did you comment on tapper sean not yet no. yeah comment on tapper i'm not gonna go i'm, I'm gonna wait right, yeah, I, I was just talking about uh, the hardware on food fight so tapper it's one of those games that i can play a couple of times and it's like yeah this is a really cool game it's really creative but then after a couple of games, I'm good. I'm done. It's like, yeah, that's it. I'm, yeah. I'm done. Mainly because you got to work really, really hard in this game. And if you want to play it again, you have to, of course, you know, you have to go through all those rounds. And actually, I'm going to say right now, this is not staying on the list for me. It's not. Really? Mainly because, <clears throat> like, for me at least, I can only get so far before I just kind of, kind of give up because at some point for me, it becomes a nonstop Sisyphusian juggling act. You know what I mean? That's true. It is. It, it, I think that's, that's quite apt. It's like one of the, what was that, that, uh, that sketch on the, the Lucy show with the chocolates. That's what Tapper is. Yeah. Mm. Great comparison. Yeah. 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 I have my moments, not many, but I do have them. So <laughs> I got to keep both of them as fives. 
if anything, I think I would rate Tapper slightly higher than Food Fight, but uh, not enough to to drop Food Fight off as a five. First of all, one thing we'd mentioned about Food Fight, especially when you're playing in emulation, is because of the special joystick, it's kind of hard to get the uh, the joystick working just right in MAME. But uh, I've figured the settings for that out, and uh, I've been actually able to play. I mean, it's still got some quirks, but I've actually been able to play it a lot better. And um, as far as Tamper goes, it's something that just occurred to me yesterday, and I've not done this yet, but uh, I'm going to try it one of these days. It's because I've got one of those, as I said, it's a, it's a, it's a corded Xbox joystick. And actually, my, uh, my 8-bit dough has uh, two analog things on it as well, but I won't use that one because they're a lot shorter. But I was thinking about programming the movements, keeping it on the, the, the left analog controller, but then instead of using the button to, for the tap, using the right analog stick and playing it that way and see how that works to replicate the actual tap on the arcade machine. I uh, haven't done that yet. I'm kind of curious. I did, for a couple of these games, try alternate control schemes on the controller like with Pac-Land, I actually mapped the run buttons to the shoulder triggers. That didn't work out quite so well, but I did that same thing with another game we're going to be talking about, and it actually worked, I thought, a little bit better. Actually, I did that with two different games, and they worked out a little bit better that, that we're yet to talk about. But um, overall, I, I have to keep these on the list. So a little bit of a shocker for Sean, but uh, not so much for me. <laughs> shocker for Sean. That sounds filthy. Um so let's see. We talked about Tapper. We talked about uh, Food Fight. And you introduced. Let's see. That's episode, That's now. It's my episode, turn. Oh, it's your turn. Yeah, because you did Food Fight and Tron, or Food Fight and Tapper. Food Fight Remember? and Tron. What are you on, man? Uh, I'm <laughs> actually on Tron, which is the next episode. So, uh. Tron episode twenty-seven. So Ferg, Ferg, you. <laughs> yeah, this is another game that I played at the drug fair. Really enjoyed it back then. I'd never seen the movie up until 2003, maybe. Oh, wow. I did enjoy it. It wasn't one of those where, you know, you see it 30 years later and it's like, well, why? what's the big deal about this? Like the Goonies was for me, unfortunately. But uh, I still haven't seen it, by the way. What, Tron? Yep. Or the Goonies. Yeah. No, I, I saw I the, Goonies the Goonies once when it came out and I haven't seen it I've since. I've never seen Goonies. If I had seen the Goonies and I was a kid, I would have enjoyed it a lot more, I think. But anyway. I love the the dual controls on this, but that makes it problematic for emulation. But luckily enough, they have it over at Crabtown, USA in Maryland. And I was there a few months ago and I got to play it. So so if it's over in Maryland and you live in Delaware, that's only like, what, a five-minute walk down the street? Uh, hour and a half drive, about. So a little, little different. <laughs> oh, you're going the long way in Delaware from north towards the... I got you. No, going across. It's not... Oh, we don't need <laughs> when to people, When people talk... When, <laughs> me being the geography nut, I have to laugh when some people talk about oh, distances okay. because, because here in the Chicago area, I, I, my last job, I told this story before, uh, I worked for a software insurance uh, technical support company. And this one guy in Las Vegas is like, oh, I got to go to my office all the way on the other side of town. And he's like... I don't want to drive that 10 miles. And I'm just laughing because to get from the north side of Chi- north side of the Chicago suburbs to the south side of the Chicago suburbs is like 70 miles. <laughs> so jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> so I had to laugh. Hey, Chicago love, itself is like yeah. 25 miles north to south. So. Yeah, but the metro area is another story altogether. <laughs> it's wow. huge. That's my granddad. I have to anyway. I have to get back to Chicago. It's been like 25 years I think since I've been there. Yeah, no hurry. <laughs> 
Well, actually, galloping yeah. the arcades, though. The arcades do make it a hurry, yeah. though. Hey, th- yeah, was, yeah. Hey, I am ha- I arcades. Love, I love Chicago. I'm very happy. If it here. wasn't for the politics, I'd love Chicago a lot more. Because that's the, the problem. Awesome, you can't. The city is you awesome. can't be political. You cannot be political. It's just you. You can't. If you're political, you're not going to like it anywhere. Yeah. People tell me I would like it in Somalia. Well, good luck getting there. <laughs> well, you never know. <clears throat> there, there are anyway, ways to make. Whose turn happen. is it to talk so, about uh, Tron? But, uh, I don't think Ferg finished yet. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. Please. No, please. I was just going to say I like the music, and I think um, I didn't realize the music in the game came from the movie until, of course, I saw the movie. So, um, yeah, if you have a broken Tron machine, that's a sad, sad thing. But oh yeah, I really enjoyed this game. Still enjoy it now, and I love playing it whenever I can. And uh, I, I will. I will also give it a five. Something interesting you just mentioned, uh, because you said seeing a broken Tron machine is a sad, sad thing. I don't think I've ever seen a broken Tron machine. Really? I don't think so. I think I've seen most of these, a lot of these games, not most of them, broken in one form or another. But Tron was one of the biggest played games back then. You'd think it'd break down more. I don't think I've ever seen a broken one. Yeah, that's good. No, 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 no. I take it back. Uh, was I think there was a... Um, one arcade recently, like, didn't the joystick snap off and they had to 3D print one? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, no, no. I think it, I could be wrong on that. And I've, I've told the story on the Tron episode about how a guy had a garage sale actually just about seven miles down the road from me, and he had a sit-down Tron cocktail table that he was selling. Wow. There was only a handful of those ever made. The guy died, I guess, like a year or two later. And come to find out... This is a guy I went to high school that was in the same class as me, same graduating class. Wow, boy, I, I, I just bring these shows down with these morbid stories. At any rate, <laughs> I, I'm such a well, ray I, of freaking sunshine. I'm sure I have a story that's less bid, so let me uh, ah. talk about that. See what I did there. Tron, for me, it stays. It stays in its position up top. It's a five all the way around. There's so much to it. I love the mini games. And there's, okay, this is weird, but there's this really tactile satisfaction of turning the spinner around and just blasting the hell out of the, well, what the heck was that thing? That first level where you're blasting the, uh, well, it's not really the first level, but it's where you're going up and the cone's coming down at you. What do they call it? Oh, the uh, MCP cone. MCP. Yes, that's it. That's it. I love, there's something about that that's just very satisfying, especially if you can blast away all the all the uh, uh, bricks I oh guess. yeah i don't know i love that and the sound is i mean ferg when you talked about the music i instantly heard the coming out yeah. of both my ears i could actually hear the stereo sound and the uv light on that just really adds to it trust me if you have not seen a tie-dye shirt with like <laughs> pl- like someone wearing First a tie-dye of all, if shirt if you've never seen a tie-dye thing, shirt you have to hang out with Sean because I think that's all he owns. Um, actually, I'm wearing it. I'm not wearing a tie dye right now. In fact, I'll turn uh, turn my camera on right now to prove it to you. Ah, put some clothes uh, on right now. Oh. Let's see, Let's see, look at that. No tie dye, but uh, yes, um, we can't that see works really well on a podcast. By the way, <laughs> well, here, let me stand up here, uh, Mr. Ferguson. Uh, yeah, and, no, we're good. <laughs> but um, anyway, <laughs> like, uh, what was? It? Oh yeah, but seriously, like. There are these two different tie-dyes I tend to wear when I'm at the arcade. One, if I want to be ultra nerdy, is what I call the tie-dye to end all tie-dyes. It is black with a tie-dyed Pac-Man on the front and a tie-dyed uh, blue edible monster on the back. It's actually pretty snazzy. 
Oh, Billy Mitch. I forgot to mention this. Billy Mitchell told me that that's the best Pac-Man shirt he's ever seen. <laughs> so that, that was a big honor for me. Name drop. Name drop. Oh, we got to call him something else now. Yeah. <laughs> Because you know, we name dropped Brian Cullen too much, so now he's King Henry VIII. But yes. uh, what else? Uh, what I was going to say, yeah, the other tie-dye shirt I wear is uh, that I tend to wear when I go to the arcade. I don't know why; it just happens to be a tendency. Like, I have a ton of tie-dyes, but the one I, the other one I wear a lot when I go to the arcade is like it's got like a lot of blue and subtle purples interlaced into it. It's like a dark blue. That thing looks freaking amazing when the UV light in the cabinet reflects off of it. I think I have a picture of that actually. I'll have to check. But it's just such a visual. It, it, there's some visual and audio. It is so stunning that game. It really is. You cannot hmm. not love that game. You yeah. cannot love Tron. You cannot I, not love Tron. I remember when we yeah. did the episode. I was originally going to rate it a four, but Sean talked me into rating it a five. And uh, you know, <laughs> it stays a five because I do play it every time I go, and it's not like morbid curiosity, like. Uh, Donkey Kong Jr. on the 2600. But um, uh, I, I actually play Tron and enjoy it. And, um, you know, I'm not ashamed of that. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with any of this. Uh, no, Tron, Tron, it's 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 a great game. It's got a lot of little, I mean, it doesn't maybe have a lot of little little touches, but every now and then you'll see like the Solar Sailor dropping up a, off a little bonus or something like that. And uh, once you learn how to, you know, to do some of the tricks. It's not that bad. I've always wanted to, and I know I saw this one time and we brought it up on the episode again, but I've seen, I don't remember if it was on a video or on a TV show or something where somebody actually destroyed all of the grid bugs and got a bonus. And I have never been able to do that. And I want to see if I can do that. And I, I, I just can't do it. But one thing I do like, one thing with Tron is if you're going to emulate this at home, Get yourself like a an Xbox 360 wired controller or something like that and map the shoulder buttons to the dial because that makes it a lot easier to move around with the thumb thing and then hmm. uh, then use the uh, button on the right-hand side to fire and you can use the, uh, the thing to control the dial. And I, I think that works quite well. Speaking of which, like what if you're going to play, say, Arkanoid or one of those other games where it's basically just a a roller? Like what's the best way to map a controller to those things? I honestly, I don't think I've played Arkanoid in emulation yet, and I don't like doing a mouse for that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. With Arkanoid, I'd probably, I, I think I'd try with the analog stick first. Barring that, maybe get a track mouse. There are so many of those games out there that I would love to play in main when I don't get out to the arcade. I'd love to play that. Right? Uh, Ma- is it Major Havoc that has Ma- Major one Havoc? Or was a, was uh... didn't have a trackball; it had a roller. Yeah, that had a roller. Yeah, so Arkanoid, Major Havoc. What, oh, well, any uh, of the trackball like, games, uh, yeah, the, Warlords. No, trackball games. Okay, I'm talking about more of the paddle games. Warlords, Mad Planets, the Discs of Tron. Discs of Tron is its own beast. Yeah, uh, because that spinner on that thing was even more special than any of the other controllers. And uh, didn't King Henry the Eighth once tell us that they purposely started making games with the uh, weirder and weirder control schemes to make it harder to play at home so that you had to go to the arcade or something like that? Or am I imagining The thing is, things? at the time, there was an emulation. He said... But it, it wasn't so much that, though. It was for... it. Was, but I thought it was also because of uh, possible home ports. Have you tried playing uh, Zwackery? They actually have that at Galloping Ghost. Oh, man. Yeah, that's right. I'd love to play that. I cannot play that game. That game is maybe too complicated. I have no idea what it's about, but I really do want to play it. It's like a fantasy-type game, but it's in my opinion, too complicated. But yeah, Tron remains a five for me. 
Sue. I guess we can move on to the, we're like, okay, we're down to like the last few games. So this is getting kind of exciting folks. We'll take you back to episode 35, in which we talk about robot Ron. Finally. <laughs> oh, sorry. Robotron, Actually, Robotron, which is basically, we went from Tron to Robotron, which is Tron, but with robots. I thought it was Rob Otron. So. Sure about that? Yeah. See, Rob Otron. So. Can I put in a quick plug for uh, Tron and Robotron, a book by uh, Jeff Spiga? I'm not sure if it's still available or not. But it's really I've good. never heard of this. Yeah. Oh, what is it? It's uh, basically, uh, it's kind of like uh, Commodore. Uh, it was his memoir of video games. Oh, it's really good though. Interesting. I like, I like his writing. Yeah, it might be hard to find at this point though. I don't think he re-released it or anything. Huh. Not sure if it's available on ebook or not either. We will have to I'll look have to it check. up. We will put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, it appears that there is one used copy available on Amazon for fourteen dollars seventy cents. Oh, well, there you are. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's actually less than I paid for my new copies. So. Oh, it's got a hundred percent five star rating too. Oh, does it? Oh, how many reviews? Well, one, but still. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Yes. I've been to his house, so. Even the, cool. even the Hultzler yeah. banana slicer on, on Amazon at one point had a five-star <laughs> review. <laughs> oh, I'll see. I'll have to see, I'll see if I can like post a direct link to my review on, on a couple of those Amazon products. I <laughs> love, oh, did you ever read my review of the, uh, the Tuscan whole milk? I think so. Yeah, I have yes. I have one on there when I talk. It's yes. that goes into pretty significant root, I tried detail to root of the, uh, what happened. I tried to root the milk, but I unfortunately bricked it, and it was not covered by the warranty. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and somebody actually wrote a review in response, and he said, as far as, far as the other person who bricked his uh, Tuscan whole milk, uh, if he would have followed this procedure or whatever, I, I totally died when I saw this guy's <laughs> follow up review. I wish I knew which review that was because it was awesome. Anyway. But um, <laughs> any rate, how about four and a half? We should do a podcast of nothing but reading Amazon reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up to my armpits in podcasts, man. You're on your own on that one. Ooh. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about Robotron. Robotron. Yes. Let's see that. Another great Williams game. Great sounds. Dual joystick game. Yeah. Which is uh, makes it problematic again for emulation unless you have the Ed Ladin. What's it called, Sean? Um, the Super Twin, I think. Is it the Super Twin? Yeah, it's basically made for uh, for the seventy eight hundred version of Robotron. But I'm sure you could, if you had the twenty six hundred adapter too, you could use it for Mame. Or you just get a an Xbox controller with the dual thumbsticks. That's what I do. Yeah, but that's no. It's better with the big arcade style joysticks. I think it's the uh, well. Super Twin seventy eight. Okay. It actually, gotcha. when I when I was playing the uh, seventy eight hundred Robotron, I was I actually had my uh, uh, Supreme seventy eight in the left controller and the uh, <laughs> Uber Arcade joystick in the right controller, and it still played pretty uh, well. Okay. It's I had two separate controllers. I had one on my lap, one on my desktop, and yeah, yeah, I did the same thing it, with it the feels um, awkward, the Seagull but, adapter. <laughs> yeah, it feels awkward, but it's surprisingly easy to get used to. I still yes. need to get a Atlantic <laughs> controller. I gotta try that with Mame though. I really do. I want to try that Atlantin's uh, ColecoVision controller. And I, what I want to do is uh, get one of those things. And uh, I think he doesn't he have that as a USB controller too. I think so. I don't know. Uh, I don't see it listed on his site at all. Oh, okay. Well, either way, I do have I don't that. Know if it's I do out have yet. the Vision adapter where I can use that on my uh, PC or any other USB oh, enabled yeah. device. And uh, those things are so big. How big are they? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. 
they're so big, I was thinking about actually mounting my Raspberry Pi inside one of those things, just having like a one full gaming unit. Yeah, there's plenty of room in there, I would think. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of room in his controllers for that. Those are nice, solid things. I've played the one that Sean has, and that's really nice. It's just, they're premium. They're premium products. But, uh, you know, if you don't have the money for a premium product, you can always get the the Edladen Seagull 78 adapter and go to your local used game store and pick up a Sega Genesis uh, arcade stick. It's It's a decent replacement. It's not. Oh, I just want to make a disclaimer. Yes, I own one of these premium joysticks, but it doesn't necessarily mean I was able to afford it. Right. <laughs> Me too. That's what Visa is for. For all the things yep. you yeah. can't afford, yep. Visa is there. Yeah. So. Well, hey, at yes. least I get frequent flyer points out of it. So. Well, <laughs> hey, you're broke, but you can go or, to Detroit. Or Jersey, which is usually what happens. But Speaking of right Detroit... Uh oh. Oh, Detroit. The only memory I have of playing this game as a kid was in an airport in Michigan. When oh. I was I was twelve years old. Yeah. Well. It was it was sitting by itself in a jetway somewhere. And we were on a trip with the church and we were waiting for the plane to fly back and this is what I spent my time doing playing Robotron. Ro- Robotron wow. machine. Yeah. Flashed its eyelashes at you just and all by made itself, the right? Motion. <laughs> right, right, smack in the middle of the airport. <laughs> it was really strange, but I, I guess at the time it wasn't strange because there were just video games everywhere. Not like going to the airport in Las Vegas where there's slot machines everywhere. Right, right. Yeah, right. My only memory of playing this game as a kid was uh, at the Sears store at Meadowview Shopping Center in Kankakee, Illinois. They had a small game room at the time. And for some oh, reason, wow. Robot, I found out I just accidentally that robotron was on free play so i played that while my mother was out doing clothes shopping nice. in the other department that was cool but uh, uh for did you talk about um your like like should it be on the top of the list or what oh uh, yes definitely i i suck at it but i love playing it yeah i suck at it too because well again it's a williams game but the thing is, the suckitude of my games on this, I always feel fulfilled. I, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, man, I got wiped out in the third wave. But, man, this was so much fun. I feel like I yep. really had, you know. I don't think you could have a top games list and not have Robotron on it. You just can't. You could, I suppose, but then it would be questionable. And once again, we have proven that if you get three guys together talking about classic arcade games, Robotron will be brought up. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what we forgot when we started talking about Robotron? Oh? Hmm. This is not my show, it's your show. <laughs> what did we forget? <laughs> this week in Robotron. <laughs> Post-production, my good man. Post. We okay. don't have live. We don't. We can't afford fancy soundboards. Yeah, Andy Ryerson has the soundboard, man. Yeah. Yes. There's, uh, yes, what you are hearing now, what you're involved in now, will be entirely different once we put it into the, uh, the Pie Factory blender. Yeah, so right. to speak. And Hyde is the one that runs the blender. Yeah, you're going to be amazed at how different you sound, huh, for <laughs> It's a blender's note, that's for sure. Yes. You're going to be like, that's not me, that's some other guy. Fuffer and fuckatash, I'm Ferg. <laughs> There's a reason why we go long in recording sometimes. So, yeah. but yes. So everybody's agreed. Robotron is yes. a straight five right across. Awesome. Oh, heck yes. yes. And I think the next game is going to probably be similar. Tempest, episode 36. Mm. <laughs> ah, Tempest. Ah, Tempest. Ah, Ferg, you learn fast. Yes. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tempest is definitely a five for me. I, this is one of the two games that are my favorite of all time. 
I played it a lot when I was a kid. I don't think I rediscovered it until the mid-90s at Mike Etler's store in New Jersey. We started doing Navin meetings, or he started doing them, and I started going, and he had a Tempest machine in there, and I just absolutely love this game. I love vector games for the most part, and I love paddle games, and just it's such a beautiful looking game and a lot of fun and easy to, it's pretty easy to play and easy to learn. Um, and I'm actually not too bad at it. I mean, I'm not anywhere near what the, the high score holders get, but worse, I can play it for a good amount of time and I, I absolutely love it. And I have a hard time playing it without the paddle. The Jaguar version is actually pretty good. I love Tempest 2000. Yeah, without the without the paddle, it's not too bad. We actually um, at the aforementioned uh, Mike Cutler's store, he had a Jaguar hooked up to. Um, oh crap! What's that uh, Sega Holoseum? Yeah. So it was oh, like in like wow. mock yeah the Tempest two thousand mock three D. It was pretty cool. No, oh that there. would be it awesome. It was pretty fun, yeah. But yeah, de- definitely a five for me. Does that store still exist, Ferg? No, no, he closed uh, it well, quite a number of years ago. Yeah, was it, I take it that was in the Route 22 corridor. No, it was. Um, That's Jersey Dock, by the way. It's south. It was in Howell. Oh, okay. I don't right think, by Freehold yeah, in that area. Yeah, yeah. I forget what route route it was on, but he he started the store in um, in the flea market, and then he got the store and uh, 34 in that area. I think it was 34. Yep, yeah, I think that's what it was. You have been listening to Jersey Talk. Yeah, <laughs> he used to have a, yeah, oh, a meeting oh, oh, every no, month. No, 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 no. Here's real Jersey talk. Um, uh, that store, what exit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember, unfortunately. But uh, Joe Santulli at Digital Press uh, Video Games in uh, up in Clifton, he took over the Nava meetings, so they have them there every month now. Oh, for the record, yeah. that would be exit seven A on the Turnpike and one of the one hundreds on the Parkway, depending on which direction you're facing. What exit is that, Sean? Either 7A on the turnpike, oh, or if okay. you're on the Garden State Parkway, it's either 100A or 100B, depending on which direction yeah. you're going on, okay. on the parkway. Gotcha. I was making a monkey's joke. Sorry. Oh, God. That's a pro- <laughs> God damn it. I, you know what? I knew you were doing My something wife told like me that, that in 1986, what? that was the biggest joke ever because the monkeys were playing at Great Adventure, which yes. was exit 7A. I was at that show. Yep. My wife was at the filming of the That Was Then, This Is Now video yep. at Great Adventure. Yeah, I was so at that same show. So she's in that audience somewhere. Yeah. That's cool. Anyway. Did I say five? Five. Five. Okay, so he said a five. Sean. Sean. Two thumbs up in a circle. Two snaps up in circles. This gets five thumbs up for me, too. Absolutely. <laughs> it stays up at the top. And the crazy thing is, this is one of these games I don't really play that much when I go to the arcade. When I go to Galloping Ghost or, or um, Underground Retrocade, I don't normally play it. But when I do, I'm like, holy crap, why do I not go straight for this game every <laughs> time I'm here? And I will play like 20 games in a row. I'll, I'll just keep hitting start. Over yep. and over. I don't always play Tempest. <laughs> but when I do, I play 20 games in a row. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tempest. And, and the thing is, what's I crazy is I, I, I had to kind of laugh when Ferg said uh, that he likes vector games because I always think I don't like vector games. Like when I'd listen to No Quarter and they would do their, their No Vector. Like no Vector, all, like yeah. All vector yet, games every in November, time we've talked like, about vector games, it's like you've liked most of the ones we've talked about so far. Yeah. Yeah, because I hear, oh, God, No Vector, not again. But then it turns out <laughs> I love these games. I really do. 
I, it's kind of like how I always say I'm not a fan of pinball, but if there's a pinball machine in front of me and I start playing it, I am hooked and I'll be playing it over and over and over. Like the new Ghostbusters pinball machine. I played that thing for like oh, an hour. Oh, that kicks ass. That kicks so much ass. I'm, you know, talking oh, about vector games, I'm surprised we didn't put Asteroids Deluxe on here because that was our favorite of the Asteroids games so far. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite. Huh. Alrighty. I guess it's my turn. Tempest anyway. 5. The thing with Tempest is uh, it's got the perfect controller for the game. And yeah. it's it's just it's just one of those games. It's just so abstract that you don't know what's going on if you're just a casual observer. I, I, on that episode, uh, episode 36, I related the uh, the story about how my sister saw the commercial for it and was like wondering, how the heck do you play that thing? And um, yes, Atari actually did have a TV commercial with Tempest on it. And um, mm-hmm. it's just, it's one of those games that you just see it and hear it played and you just, you just get awed at this game. And um, yep. it's just for just the minimal graphics. It's I don't know. You got to play it. It's uh, as I like to say, it's a full package. It's a <laughs> sight and sound extravaganza. Remind mm-hmm. me, does that game have stereo sound? Probably. I don't know. I'm trying to remember if it does. And I just played that game last time I was at the Retrocade. It probably does. I don't know. It, I would imagine it probably does. It, 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 if it doesn't, <laughs> that's that makes the game even more impressive because of the. It's got some of the best sound effects in the arcade. So. Yeah, definitely. it's amazing what a little pokey can do. Hey, no. Uh oh. Hey, this isn't that episode. <laughs> so, so um, anyway, I guess uh, we're done talking about um, Tempest. Tempest, are we? Let's put so, that game in a teapot. So, um, <laughs> shall we? Oh, I see what you did there. Yes. Shall we move to enough. episode Oof. thirty-nine and talk about Sinistar? Sinistar. Yeah. Ah, Sinistar. Ah, Sinistar. Uh, yeah, this is a great game, too. I never, I don't know if I ever saw this when I was a kid. I think the first time I ever played it was on the Williams Collection on the Super Nintendo. And then I, I enjoyed it there. That's where I discovered it. And then I um, think that was around the same time that MAME came out. And I started getting into that. And I downloaded it on MAME. And I was, why is it? look different i couldn't understand why it looked different i guess they just had to change it because of the the way the monitor was uh aligned i guess so anyway but anyway i suck at this game but (laughs) i I absolutely oh man i love this game i love that sound when i have uh, to say something though would you say you love sinistar but you suck at this game that's just redundant for sinistar (laughs) so you don't really need to say that well, I, I very rarely <laughs> destroy the Sinistar. Very rarely get. Was it uh, extra guy at twenty thousand points? Something like right? that. I've, yeah, I don't I think I ever rarely get to that in a Williams game. Yeah, but I think I destroyed the uh, second Sinistar maybe once. I don't even know if I did that. I I'm not sure. It's just one of those games that I just keep wanting to play, and I. I think my favorite part is the, actually the sound when he bites into your ship. I love that. Sound. Oh God, the cr- that is a great sound <laughs> yeah. effect. Yeah, I've never noticed. I'll have to, like, I don't, I don't know if it, I want it, to play this again because it's just so <laughs> freaking hard. But yeah, but yeah, I I, I gotta check that out. I've never noticed any, any galloping kind of sound ghost effect. has the cockpit version of this game. Yeah. Oh wow! Gosh, I love the cockpit version of this game. Yeah, and you make sure you put that yeah. whole clip in there. Make sure you leave the word pit in. Cockpit. So, <laughs> but yeah, this is definitely a five. 
I haven't played it in the arcade in I don't know how long. But is it? Do you guys know how? Was it an eight-way joystick or is it more than that? Do you no, know? This this had this had a like a sixty-four-way joystick, like something a, like that, right like a forty-nine-way, I think. For, I think yeah. you're right. I think it was it's like forty-nine, li- something like that. It was it was more than like a standard eight or sixteen. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't think your actual ship went all those ways, but I think that the joystick was capable of it. Okay, with a, with an eight-way, I think it's difficult. But I had to. I was playing with the Aladdin joystick, and I had it on four. I didn't realize I had it on four. I was like, <laughs> "What's happening?" <laughs> I was like, why can't I hit anything? That, you know, that's something I wanted I to mention when I was playing, uh, when, we, when we talked about Burger Time, is uh, with I, I made mention about how I was having trouble with the different control schemes with uh, with MAME, and how some games would only work with this version of MAME on the, my Pi, Raspberry Pi, and then, and then how some would work with only this control scheme. And uh, like with Burger Time, the little D-pad on my controller wouldn't work with it, but the analog stick would. But the analog mm. stick is the wrong type of controller for Burger Time because it can go in yeah. all of those directions. You need something with just four directions. And then yep. when, with something like, uh, oh, God, I can't remember. What game was it? I think Sorry, Nib- Charlie? Nibbler was the same, actually the same way because it had the, and you cannot have more than a four-way joystick with Nibbler at all. No way. The game we haven't talked about yet. Uh, but there was another one. <sighs> Which one was it? I can't think it was, but I had the exact opposite problem because I couldn't have all of the directions because I only had the D-pad. And uh, there, there really is... I used to think that there was uh, the whole eight versus four-way joystick thing was just kind of a nothing until we did the episode <laughs> where we talked about the game Journey and Journey really needed an eight-way joystick uh, for oh, some yeah. of the parts of that game. Uh, but with only the four-way, it made that game a lot harder than it should have been. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's something else. But uh, yeah, Timber is the same way. Yeah. So Sinistar was a five. Now Sean, stealing your thunder. I'm kind of. I don't know. I'm up in the air about Sinistar. I mean, yeah, it's a great game. But at the same time, I'm wondering if I'm rating its greatness based on how often I get to play it, which is rare. I absolutely knew about it back when it was first out. I absolutely knew it was very massively popular, but I never actually saw it. And nowadays, it's not really easy to find if you're lucky enough to have a retro arcade in the area. I think Galloping Ghost is the only place around here that has it. And um, a lot of times, quite frankly, it's not working. They do a great job of you know maintaining their, their machines over there, but you know a lot of times it's just... Galloping Ghost is huge. And yeah. that that is a blessing and a curse at the they same time. They have 551 games. They do the best they 561 games. Soon and be with up to a, a pretty thousand. small staff, but it's—I think it's one of those games that's frequently just out. Period. I mean, just by the nature of the beast. So I'm thinking that maybe part of the reason that I'm saying it's such a wonderful game is that I don't really get to play it that much. It's a—I consider it a, a privilege. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a good game. It's got the voice and everything. Um, yeah, the voice is great. I was lucky enough to destroy a Sinistar once and mm. only once, but hey, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say it doesn't have to stay where it is for me. All right. So, mm. so far you've demoted two games. Uh, I've demoted none and my streak is going to continue here. I love Sinistar. When I was replaying all of these games for this episode, I came back to Sinistar and played it over and over and over and over. And I... Yep. There's just something about this game 
the control gets a little frustrating, especially when you're chasing down a, a crystal to pick it up. Uh, of course, I found the secret to that oh. is don't don't chase the crystals. Just stay <laughs> right by an asteroid, mine them, and when you blow it up, all the crystals are right there. You just pick them up, boom, boom, boom. Uh, the best thing to do is just let them go. <laughs> no, instead of chasing them. I, I'm a crystal chaser. I better try that sometime. <laughs> I, I, this is a strategy that just recently occurred to me because you waste more time chasing crystals than you do actually mining them at that point, if that's what you do. And you need to get as many crystals as you can, as fast as you can, before the Sinistar's yep. built. Because once the Sinistar's built and you don't have enough crystals, you might as well, that might as well just be game over right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That thing and comes after you The quick. very first level, you want to fill up with all of your crystals. And you don't want to waste a shot in destroying that Sinistar because you want to get as much of an advantage going into the next round as you can. Because this game starts hard, but then it gets, wow. <laughs> That's about the best <laughs> I can put it. Yeah. So, Sinistar definitely stays as a five for me. This is my favorite game out of the whole list so far. I'm Going over the list again, I'm surprised you didn't rate Gyrus a five. But had you, and it was on this list, I probably would have rated Sinistar over Gyrus. I, that doesn't surprise me, actually. Doesn't surprise so. me. Yeah, but um, I guess we're down to the last two games. Uh, so episode forty, we both rated Space Invaders a five. I think for entirely different reasons too, though. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's the case. So, Ferg, Ferg what say ye? Come on, come on, guest man. <laughs> My friend Steve and I. There was a um, Ricochet Racquetball Club, which was near his house. And they used to go over his house after school, and we'd walk over there because they had a Space Invaders machine in there. It was the only game they had. And again, they were video games were that was a little bit before video games were everywhere. But this is the only place we knew of that had the Space Invaders machine. I remember distinctly them having a, a score sheet on the side for members of the racquetball club who would get high scores and stuff. Because I don't, I think it showed your high score, but I don't think it, it had initials. Is that right? I don't think it had initials. It just, Space Invaders. Space Invaders. I no, think only displayed the high did. score. Yeah, I don't think it had. Uh, it was. I think it was pre-initials. Yeah. But when I was a kid, it was hard. The um, the 2600 version, when I got that, was much easier. Mm -hmm. A little different, of course, a lot less invaders. Especially if you do the dual shot trick on the 2600. Right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I do play it from time to time, the arcade version nowadays. Uh, I think I play the 2600 version more. Um, it's not age well for me, unfortunately. Uh, I'm not sure why. I do like the sound when your your ship explodes. Oh god, I like love this, those early deep, uh, yeah, yeah, those that early really explosions. deep bassy uh, explosion sound. But uh, I would have to give this a I, I'll give it a four. For me, Space Invaders, I'm it's it it doesn't stay. I, mean, I stand by my original rating of five continues, but it doesn't, you know. It's another one of these games where I'll play it a couple of times and I'll be like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this game for the rest of the, my day, for the rest of this time I'm here at this arcade or whatever. <laughs> because, I mean, for one thing, there's it has a few things going against it, and I know it's probably just a uh, product of its time, but uh, it's a low-scoring game. Yeah, so, yeah you know, if that's I, frustrating. Like, like when I'm at, when I'm at uh, Underground Retrocade, and I'm looking at the top 10 list, and I'm saying, okay, I only need to get, like, what what was it, like 3,800 to bust into that top 10 list. It's like, yeah, I can do that. 
Then I keep no. getting 3700, <laughs> 3650, yeah. 3780. It's like, yeah. And it's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Screw you, Space Invaders. I'm I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go play me some Mr. Do. So, I mean, it gets tedious. It's a the game could get tedious if you keep playing it. Yeah, we were talking on that episode about that guy that got that insanely high score on that. We were wondering how the heck he did that. It was like in the millions. And we're like, that would have taken him like four days to do that. Yeah. <laughs> or some something like that. So Sean, does it so you're saying it stays on the list or it doesn't? Doesn't. Doesn't. Okay. I'm gonna say it stays on the list with one caveat. Oh, do tell. Only playing it in the arcade stays on the list. And it, a lot of these games you can play at home well and and have some fun with it, like Burger Time. Uh, I, I think the emulation on that is really well, and I I don't, you know, don't have a problem playing with that. Space Invaders has to be played in the arcade, in my opinion. I, I don't think you get the full experience or enjoyment of the game if you play it any other way. And so, five if it's in the arcade, four if you're doing it in emulation. It's not a game for, for emulation. Space Invaders requires the arcade environment in which it grew up in. I can see that. Yeah, it it really does. So if you if you have that, then it's easily a five. Otherwise, four at best. So I'm rating it a five with an asterisk next to it. <laughs> so that's that's going to be the weirdest rating on this whole thing. Although not really, because Ferg didn't play Packland, and I wrote it, put in the slot for it a zero because you hadn't played it. So. So uh, that leaves us with our final game of uh, in which uh, Jimmy G and I gave. Five continues on each. That'll be Rockola's Nibbler. Oh, Rockola did that. Cool. Yeah, this is a really, this is a lot of fun. I, I think I had heard of this game. I don't remember ever seeing it back then. I remember there, there was a guy who had the name Nibbler on uh, Usenet, and I bought a lot of 1700 games from him, but that's uh, neither here nor there. I guess uh, I heard about it more recently because of the Man vs. Snake movie. Have you seen it yet? I have not. I need uh, to watch it. Watch yeah. it. It's, it's the really best good. of the video game documentaries in recent memory. Really? Okay. It portrays Billy Mitchell more like he really is, unlike King okay. of Kong, which portrayed him as a villain. Because me and Sean have, yeah. uh, name dropping, met Billy Mitchell, and he is really pretty much nothing like what he was yeah. in King of Kong. But he's He was exactly like he was in Man vs. Snake. Yeah, that's what I hear from a lot of other yeah, people, Yeah, he's a too. real nice guy. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that, as I said when we were talking about him before, the, I think the, the thing is Billy Mitchell, everything about him is big. Uh, he's he's, he's a yeah. big guy, big, and it's his big personality. He's got a big personality. And I think people mistake that for arrogance, when in reality, it's just big. It's not It's not arrogance. He's just He just likes to, uh, he's... I don't know. I guess he's embraced the legend, as it were. And, right. Uh, and <laughs> well, I he's... think a lot of his big personality has to do with him, like basically saying, "No, see, this is what I'm really like. I'm not really that evil prick that was in the movie." <laughs> I tell you, if you ever get to meet him, he is a storyteller. Oh yeah. Oh, oh speaking yeah. Of storytellers, a storyteller. A mini spoiler for, uh, for those of you who haven't seen Man vs. Snake, but uh, oh shoot, I suddenly forgot his name. Who's the Canadian guy in that movie? Um, oh, um, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of him. Oh, he's too. Oh, no. Hold on. I got my copy of the DVD right <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, my, my DVD's in the other room. 
Dwayne Richard. Dwayne Richard. Dwayne, oh, there it is right there. Dwayne Richard. Yep. Dwayne Richard. In the movie, Dwayne Richard tells, like, like they're talking about how to get that billion points, you ha- you're playing the game for like two days straight, except for like power naps and stuff. And Dwayne Richard was talking about how he was hallucinating at one point and what he was hallucinating <laughs> oh, about. And during the Q&A at Underground Retrocade when, uh, when they had the uh, Man vs. Snake Day, Tim McVeigh, who the movie is about, he didn't talk about his hallucinations in that movie. So somebody in the Q&A asked him, hey, Tim, did you hallucinate at all? And he said, well, as a matter of fact, yes, I did, and I remember it vividly. In this hallucination, like I was playing the game, and then suddenly it turned into me vacuuming the floor. Yes. And when the when the diamonds or the gems or whatever kept coming up, I was like, oh, what the hell? And, it, and it's like people were just throwing more stuff on the floor that he had to vacuum up. Wow. So that was what his hallucination was like. Oh, and, a, and another little bit of a spoiler. Don Bluth does the animations for the movie. Oh, really? They, yes. It's they're really cool animations too. Yeah. They're they're huh. quite they're quite entertaining. Yes. And uh, in the Q and A, in the Q and A, I uh, brought up to uh, Walter Day uh, because he's animated in the movie a few times as well. And I'm like, have you contacted the people at Adult Swim about doing a cartoon? <laughs> He didn't know what Adult Swim was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's let's talk about uh, Nibbler. Let's talk about Ferg, Nibbler. Uh, yes. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's a really simple game. Very very simple. I think it's been on pretty much every phone or whatever since then, right? The version of it, at any rate. Mm-hmm. But it's it's deceptively simple because um, you know the first second screen I kept dying because I made a dumb mistake, or I just I went left when I should have went right, and but it's just. Yeah. It's one of those games where you say you're, it, it's not, I think you guys mentioned this before, it's your fault when you screw up. It's not a oh, yeah. cheap anything. Yeah. And then it makes you want to try again. So that's what I was, that's why I've said before that this is one of the games where I was just kept playing and playing it because I, I, I knew I could do better. So I wanted to do better, but it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And I wish I had known about it back then, but I, I think I would give it a five. Yeah, it's not budging for me. It is staying right where it is. Yeah. There's just so much about it that you gotta love. I mean, the sound effects are kind of weird, but they're very, very pleasing at the same time. I mean, the, the sound effects are unique. The fact that it was made by a company who's like claimed to famous jukeboxes to this right. day. <laughs> and that was the theme th- of the episode, by the way. I think part of it is that Rockola as a company originated in Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. So, of course, there's that Chicago thing going for me, personally. Well, let's yeah. not forget that besides like Atari and Sega, pretty much all the major video game manufacturers were actually based out of Chicago. And, of course, the one thing that we mentioned before in episode 42 was that what makes Nibbler unique, and we still have not gotten anybody to tell us we're wrong about that, is as, as far as we can tell, this is the only arcade game in which the only enemy is your character. You are your own enemy. Right. When you lose a life, you are actually physically destroying yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You are your own enemy in this game, which is unique in video games. There's, yeah, so that kind of there, adds there are to the other charm. Games, there are other games where you could, say, drop a bomb and destroy yourself with it, but the, those games all have other enemies at the same time. So you are not the only enemy in that game. This is the only game in which you are the only enemy to yourself. Yeah. And like I said in episode 42, when I'm playing video games, I like to be competitive. I like to get 
up in that top 10 list. I like to get the top score if at all possible, but let's be freaking realistic. I am not going to try that with Nibbler. No way. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. Unless they authorize the use of a pause feature. Yeah. And even then, I got a ways to go. I think my high score is, what, 150,000 in that area? And that's garbage compared to what many people can do. <laughs> yeah, I think the only way I would even consider doing a world record on Nibbler is if I got a colostomy. That just, you can just hook a hose up to that and just make things a lot easier. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so I, um... I just like, I, 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 I'm just like the ray of freaking sunshine on this show. I, I, I... Yeah. Anyway, why, why don't we end the talk on Nibbler while we can before it gets yeah. any uh, deeper? Uh, oh, God, let me rephrase that. Uh, before it gets say. any whatever. So, hey, so that's, so. It's um, a five. You know what? I'm going to just say it's a five for me. I'm not going to move it down. You're not moving it down. Okay, no, cool. I'm not so neither am I. I rated everything a five with the exception of Space Invaders, which I rated a five asterisk. Space Invaders was the only one you bumped down. But that was only with a caveat. Only bumped down if you play it in emulation. What's my bumpage rate? Uh, you've bumped Sinistar <laughs> and Space Invaders. And then Ferg's non-fives were? He, uh, Crystal Castles. Uh, I think most of you didn't have as much time with that one. Pac-Land, you couldn't play, so I just rated that right. an O. Mario Brothers, you rated a two. Yeah. Heretic. <laughs> uh, sorry, Mr. Do, that is hilarious. <laughs> Mr. Do and Tapper, you rated both four. And down the list, down the list, and Space Invaders a four. Wow. wow so I'm glad uh, you're not on our show. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> I sure know how to make guests feel welcome. Oh, here, welcome here. Get for... the hell out. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, oh, what, was the, so... what was the Phil Collins album? Hello, I must be going. Yep. <laughs> Does anyone have his big old face, like, like, smashed up against the cover, too? One of those, yeah. I think you described every Phil Collins album cover. And Peter have, Gabriel, have you seen I the think. reissues where he redid the album covers with his face now? No, I didn't. No. I, they just released yeah. the reissues, too. Yeah. I like Phil Collins. I think they're all new pictures. people that do. So, I, yeah, I'm one, too. So, you, you know what, guys? I think we just finished the final Pie Factory podcast of 2016. Wow. Yeah. You think we did? Or you're I, positive I think we so. did? <laughs> I said, I think we did. Are you sure? So what what have y'all got to say about that? About damn time. That's what I have to say. <laughs> hey, can I say? Oh God, Ferg wants to <laughs> yeah. talk now. What is it, Ferg? <laughs> can I? I went through the list of the uh, games you cover. Can I give you the ones that I would have given a five to that aren't on your list? <sighs> okay. I suppose. I'll just. I won't say anything about them. I'll just give you. Sure. So Galaga or Andres Galaraga, whatever. Rally X, Space Duel. Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, and Dig Dug. I would give them all wow. fives. Oh, wow. Yep. A couple of good choices there. Yeah. Just Very a couple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're a lot harsher than we are, and I think you probably have good reason for that. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah. Rally X, wow, because uh, that was interesting because uh, that episode, me and Sean both graded that a three. We don't really hate the game, but we just felt it was like missing something and oh by the way i have continued my rally x streak of not doing as well as i did the first time i ever oh, no. played it when i didn't know how to play it <laughs> the rally x episode is where i coined the term uh laundromat game and uh, mm, we've used that yeah. in a couple of other uh, games i want to think space invaders was one of them but uh but yeah laundromat game we haven't talked about the other laundromat game yet uh, that's galaxian 
Uh, we need to talk about that before too long. This this podcast has a habit of talking about the sequels before we talk about the original game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all righty, I guess that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's it. Wow. So, um, so everybody, um, hope all of you have a wonderful Christmas time. Simply so to over to uh, my southwest, I have uh, Jimmy G at. Uh, are you at the logistics center tonight? Nah, they got me cleaning up the radiation pools out here. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. And over to my east in uh, eastern <laughs> stranded time is um, uh, Ferg. <laughs> We're almost midnight now. Yep. So, um, hey, Ferg, plug away. Work? Plug away. Plug, plug, plug. Plug your yes. show. Yes. Or as Brian Colin said, I've got a buttload of plugs. I, wait a minute, there's got to be a better way to say it. <laughs> Uh, we, we, every time we see him, we don't didn't mean we to don't, say that either. Yeah, we don't let him lift oh that down. Gosh. The creator of Rampage uh, has a buttload of plugs. It's uh, <laughs> like, oh wait a minute, man. let me rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> so I do the Atari 2600 game by game podcast to talk about an Atari 2600 game every episode. Uh, it's going to go on forever. So. Uh, you can find it until you've finished all the forever Atari games. and yeah, ever. forever. Yeah, twenty six hundred game by game podcast.blogspot.com. You can find everything there. And thank you guys so much for having me on. Well, thank you for putting up with us for th- God. Oh my God, it's been like three, <laughs> three hours. hours. Well, <laughs> hopefully Hyde will edit this down so it's not three hours. But this is our year end episode. Two and a half. Though, yeah, so. it is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, you know thank what? you, thank <laughs> you, Ferg. Thank you for having me and for asking me. For as long as Ferg's show is going to go on, imagine if he treated every label variation separately. Oh, my goodness. Ugh. Oh, my goodness. I'd still be doing combat. <laughs> yeah, I would so be looking forward to pole position. <laughs> <laughs> but, Didn't uh, anyway, Phil so... name his video pole position? Yes, he did. I can't yes, remember. He did. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. So, uh, I just anyway, watched I guess... that one recently. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'm Sean, but I didn't really come up with a wacky nickname for myself like I, I don't usually think do. You so, one. oh well. So hey, um, and um, so I'm coming from Pie Factory headquarters north, up in the city of Chicago. And uh, oh, by the way, a uh, little confession: that Atari 7800 homebrew podcast I was talking about. Um, I am the host, actually. So, <laughs> uh, so homebrew78.fab4it.com. So, um, I guess, uh, that's it. Um, yeah, that's it. And this is, uh, just since you didn't use a wacky name, I'm going to use one. This is Gern Blenstein. And, uh, <laughs> why don't you use your, like an original wacky name instead of stealing uh, one from Steve Martin? Uh, I can't oh. think of, uh, uh, shots fired. Ooh, yeah. He does oh, this all <laughs> the time. There, um, there you go. This is uh, shots fired from, yeah. Why don't you be shots fired? No, 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 <laughs> Mel B. Hohe. Yes, Mel I thought Hohe. he was one of our substitute producers. Yeah, when Hyde's yeah, not he is, available. He? Okay, yeah. I can't use his name. <laughs> That's an anagram of my name, by the way. So, uh, all right, anyway, I'll just be Jim. Yeah. That's just me, just plain old Jim. All right, so all irradiated right. Jim. So, so Alrighty. Jim Sean Ferg, 2017. Let's hope it's a good one. Blah blah blah. Yeah, blah. and no more celebrity deaths. 2017, you're on notice. First thing uh, I don't you do think is 2017 cares. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a couple of calls here. Glenn Campbell, and um, I'm gonna say Otis Williams from The Temptations. He's I, going in 2017. I'm I, I hate to say it, but I'm going for Roger Moore. I can see that. I, can see I that. love Roger Moore. I'm a huge James Bond freak. I'm gonna go for Roger Moore, and I think 
you know what? I'm also going to go for John Cleese. Hmm. Really? Well, I think I'm going to head John Cleese because Terry Jones, I believe it was, just died. Uh, he did? I think so. I know he no. was marked. He was uh, diagnosed thought, with dementia, uh, and he's like yeah, nowhere he's, near. I don't think he's dead yet. Is he? No, he's not. Uh, okay, if he's not, then I'm not, gonna go not with Terry quite Jones. Dead. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Oh gosh. <laughs> so, uh, Ferg, do you want to make any uplifting celebrity death predictions? No, for I don't. Okay. Terry, Terry, Terry Jones. Well, I'll tell and, you, no. Uh, okay, and, I got uh, one Rock more prediction, or at least I hope happens on January first, two thousand seventeen. This one death, Harambe jokes. No. All right. Ugh. They get old. All right. For it's over. It's done. Stop it. Okay. Or, yeah. or when the uh, when they had the uh, the Turkey Day MST3K marathon on, I started the hashtag out for Torgo. So <laughs> I'm almost turning fifty, and my humor is still yeah. juvenile. Oh, by the way, in the Atari Seventy Eight Hundred Homebrew podcast, it's very G-rated. But oh well, <laughs> this one isn't. Jimmy Jimmy G-rated. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, if it were Jimmy G rated, I'd have to use the E tag on uh, iTunes. <laughs> GE. We bring good things to light. All right, why don't we just put put an end to this? Uh, yeah, this, this, this is the end torture. to it. <laughs> so, all right, I'm hitting stop right Good night, everybody. Now. This episode of the Pie Factory podcast was edited and produced by Hyde St. Pierre. Opening and closing theme is the Happy CTA Holiday Train, composed by Sean Courtney. Love theme from Addenda and Arada was composed by Jim Goble. Follow the Pie Factory podcast online via Facebook, on Twitter at Pie Factory PFP, or on piefactorypodcast.com. Support the show at patreon.com slash piefactorypodcast. This is Pie Factory Podcast. It's a booger snot, that's for sure. All right. Actually, here's what I'm going to do just to uh, have some like synchronization marks for the three files. Um, I will have a question that I want each of you to answer as I call your names. Um, let me see. Uh, let's see. What's a good synchronization question here? Uh, Jim, what is a game that we talked about that you hope never to play again? Burma! Sorry, I panicked. Um <laughs> Professor Pac-Man. Ferg, what is a game you've talked about or that we have talked about that you never wish to play again? Sword Quest Fireworld. Okay, there we got our synchronicity right now. Uh, so next we will have uh, Ghost in the Machine. Yes. So, having said you would, all that. You would play Sword Quest Earthworld? Well, I guess over Fireworld. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a thing on YouTube today. It was a it was a commercial for an atheist dating website, Atheist Mingle. So, oh, <laughs> anyway, yes, parody. <laughs> anyway, what? all right, man. There's going to be a lot of cutting in, on this show today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the very first all outtake show. Oh mercy! <laughs> I guess we can move on to. The, we're like okay, we're down to like the last few games. So this is getting kind of exciting, folks. Can we, uh, can we take a short break? Because i got to get more water and say goodnight to my wife. <laughs> sure. Uh -oh. Is that okay? Good night, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, I, I should probably use the tinkle pit. Sarah. Okay. Sarah. <laughs> Don't do that oh. when she's oh. listening. <laughs> Ferg. Right, I'll be back in a few minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sarah, smile. Don't want to smile along with me, Sarah. I should probably get something to drink, but I'm not going to. Hi, folks. Jim here. Well, Sean and Ferg are away, I just wanted to tell you a few things. Uh, first of all, Sean is, uh, he's a 
don't let don't let the podcast fool you. Sean's actually kind of a butthole. Um, yeah, he's uh, yeah. When he got me that copy of Crazy Climber, he only spent eighty bucks. I mean, come on, what kind of a cheapskate is that? So, yeah, uh, you don't you don't want to. Just this is just between you and me. You don't want to hear any of this. And as far as Ferg, oh, gosh, the stories I have about Ferg. You know, there was this one time when Ferg was uh, doing his podcast and he was talking about the game and how much, you know, I, I don't even remember what game it was. He got through the entire episode and it was an Intellivision game. I, I, it was an Intellivision game. Ferg did an Intellivision game on the 2600 Game by Game podcast. And that's just totally unacceptable uh, but uh, i think they might be coming back here real quick so i think i'm gonna shut up now so okay Shh. this is just all between you and me don't tell them well hi guys hi nothing nothing untowards or unusual happened while you were gone and I totally, okay, and I, and I totally, good. totally did not say anything that I don't want any of you guys to hear. <laughs> oh, yeah, to- none, of, nothing like that happened. I, I, I swear, <laughs> swear, nothing like that happened. And it, it, it was, it was, it was one hundred percent pure silence. And the waveform on the recording will prove that. Oh, damn it! Won't will it? And um, of course, Pack Land is a completely different game altogether. Pack, Pack Land, Land is, is a completely different game. game. Ferg has never seen airplane. Right, anyway, <laughs> it's been uh, a long uh, time. Ferg, say, <laughs> say right. Pac-Man is a completely different game. Pac-Man is a completely different game. No, Pac-Land is a completely different. Oh, game. I don't. Okay, I'm sorry. Say Pac-Man is a completely different game. I did. You said Pac-Man is a completely different game. No, I said. Did I say Pac? Pac-Land yeah. is a completely different game. I think yeah. you did say Pac-Man. So say Pac-Land is a completely different game. Pac-Land is a completely different game. Yeah. All right. Good. Go. Good. The magic of editing. Sorry. <laughs> 9 p.m. B-U-L-O-V-A, Bulova watch time. This Christmas, buy her the new Bulova President. Curved to fit the foot. Cur- curved to fit the foot? Huh?